Here at Intoxia Reviews, we intellectually dissect the art of cinema, scene by scene. Here's some clips. All he is, it's just a fucking big wooden doll full of cum, chasing kids around. <laughs> you look up guys who poop in a bag. I think that's where you'll find him. He is hurt. It's probably just in your search history anyway, isn't it? This movie fucking blows. So don't forget to subscribe to Intoxicated Reviews on all places you find podcasts. Except Spotify. We're working on it. Boys Club. Is it called Boys Club because my apartment looks like a boy lives in it? I wouldn't say a boy lives in it. I would say a boy is kidnapped somewhere in here. Boys Club. We're everything. We're true crime. We're, we're world true, star hip hop. world star hip hop. We're Netflix reviews. Stories of the day. Boys Club. Listen. Yeah, do it. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, I think. Uh, no, we're not. And on Google Play. Nobody gives a shit. Boys Club. Boys Club podcast. Now with 90% more sound clips of black people. Boys Club. Touch me and I'll sue. Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. Oh, hey, Internet, and welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. And Intoxicated is the podcast where I normally have my friends, comedians, and various guests on, and we shoot the shit about life while drinking. This week's episode is a sober episode. I get asked this question all the time about the podcast, which is, are you drunk every single time? Definitely not. Um, Drinking is something that I have to constantly keep in check. Um, Since starting the show, I've gained about 15 pounds, probably because I'm drinking all the time. I'm not going to totally blame that, but... It definitely contributes to it. Um, So it's something that I have to always keep in check. I'm not really the type anymore to just have one drink just for the gimmick of the show. If I don't feel like drinking, I'm not going to drink. So that's just the way that it is. This was an afternoon recording with a returning guest. I don't even know how many episodes he's done at this point. I'm not even going to bother counting. It's a lot. Um, Previously known as Mark on the show. He's a good friend of mine. We get together. We talk about life. And he's a very smart guy with a lot of knowledge about a lot of different things and so I love having him on because it's just usually very easy and I can just let him talk and it's great. So this week's guest is actually Finley. It's the first time ever of him using his real name on the show. In the description it's going to be Mark. That's his SEO keyword podcast name but his name is Finley. He's a good friend of mine and after I had a couple guests bail on me for this weekend he agreed to come on which is amazing. This is a very different episode. Uh, We actually talk a lot about the idea of having damage as humans and what it's like to interact with the world with that damage and find people compatible with us. The way he says it in the episode is finding people with compatible damages which is interesting but we do also talk a lot about the internet a lot about digital media and influencer culture. This is very this is kind of another subject-based episode which I know is a little different from what I've been doing a lot lately which is just shooting the shit with comedians. I do hope to get back to that very soon but sometimes the subject 
Eric-based episodes happen. I really like doing them. It's kind of what started Intoxicated. So every now and then I will dip my toe back into an episode like this. But I hope you guys enjoy it. It's actually quite an interesting conversation. And you might learn a thing or two. It's very interesting. One quick note about this episode. For the first 15 minutes, I don't even open the episode. And it's because when me and Finley get together, we just get right into it. And I usually hit record right in the middle of a conversation. So I don't know if I'm cutting that part or not. But if you're very confused as to why I don't introduce the guest until 15 minutes in, that is why. So if you do like Intoxicated, follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I will link below to that. You can email us any comments, feedback or questions to intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com. Please make sure that you are subscribed and you can rate or review on iTunes if you like. Our Patreon page is patreon.com backslash intoxicated. If you would like to contribute financially to the podcast, that's the place to go. Do And I do want to speak to the importance of that because, you know, right now I am saving up for a DSLR camera. They range from anywhere from, you know, $400 to over a thousand. So um, I'd like some help with that. It's going to be really, really hard for me to get that with my own money. So anything that you contribute will go towards that, hopefully, in the future. Check out Yuck Yucks Halifax for live comedy in the area if you are living in Halifax or visiting. That's yuckyucks.com backslash Halifax for information and to reserve your tickets. But obviously, if you're not in Halifax, check out an open mic in your area. Check out live comedy. I can't stress that enough. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot to tell you guys to nominate Intoxicated Podcast for Best Podcast in the News and Media category in the Best of Halifax Reader's Choice Awards. If you think I deserve a nomination, it would be great to be nominated again. I need all the ego boosts that I can get. This is actually the second last week for me to ask you to do that. The nomination period does end on July 15th, so you do have until then to nominate Intoxicated if you want. And you should. You can put in your nomination at bestofhalifax.com and I will link below to that as well. But guys, that's about it. This is a longer episode, so I want to get right to it. I hope you enjoy this episode with Finley. All right. Now, he- I'm going to say this right now, to, and you can cut this or not, but when I first came on this podcast, you had like one blue microphone. Oh, shit. I know. I just pressed start streaming by mistake. That's fine. You, have, you had one microphone. Yeah. You had one laptop. Yeah, it was a MacBook Air. It had huge issues. <laughs> and you Sounded just... like it was going to explode into space. And that was when you started it. And now you've got... This. Yeah, a whole setup. You have lighting. You have green screen. You have... But beyond the like the simple objects you bought, like you actually started to consider those things. You care about lighting. Like, are you perfect at it? Too no. much. Too much. So, with my budget. We absolutely budget, but like every one of these things that you bought and learned to use, yeah. you built a new skill. Like, if you wanted to go into podcast production or video production or audio production... I could. For small startup or for podcasts or for whatever, these are actual marketable skills that you built into yourself with yeah. your hobby. Yeah. And, like, this has been an exercise in... You basically having another job and learning the skills of another job. Like, a startup... Yeah frequently does marketing shit and the ones that succeed also do marketing shit and i know there's a lot of them that have people that know content and video yeah and the startup world and like so you've kind of combined two skill sets into a like a potential great job yeah it's a a wide variety even though i'm not an expert in any one thing but it's a wide variety as someone who built a career 
yeah. being uh, jack and of all every, trades. Yeah, jack, every, every time that comes up at work, it's like I have built departments, structure, policy, bullshit, bullshit, so much corporate things that you have to, to do in for your job. And I'm not really great at any job I've ever had. I'm just no. good at all of the job and then at yeah. the outside of the job. And so it's really worked out. Mm-hmm. I'll never specialize. Like, I'll never be able to specialize. And I don't it's think. my hope. Like, I mean, I have a friend who's opening a podcast studio um, who's, like, going to be doing podcasting for businesses. And he's essentially like, once it's to a point, you should come on. Like, yeah. and but it, it's not going to be to a point for a while. No, no, it, but I get but, the concept and the and the... It's uh, actually going to be a physical space in Halifax where you can yep. either go to record... So he's going to host the space. So you can either um, be part of the network. In other words, like Intoxicated could be on the, their media network, even though I host it here because it's a drinking podcast yep. and I don't want to go to just a professional studio. To, like, yep. <laughs> um, that said, I don't necessarily want a studio in my living room like I have now. I would much rather a two bedroom and with I've, its own studio. I've also seen enough <laughs> studios to know. They're not sober places. Uh, you oh, can, that's true too. Yeah, like yeah, that's we've, true too. we've all watched that. Like any media about a studio, it's like, oh yeah, I know you can you can get drunk in the studio. That's, that's true. I forget who it was that I was talking to. They they made some comment about something the library had done here, and they were just like, oh yeah, that's helpful. It's like you have public space. Why aren't you giving like a podcast studio or media creation studio to the people in general? Because it is a good idea. Um, yeah. Like for and, and and I know that the culture link is coming and that's a huge thing. That won't be for a while and that is so high scale. Like we're talking grassroots hobbyists, yeah. startups, and a, like if someone wants to start a podcast as a hobby and they only have a limited budget, there's ways you can work around that. Rent an hour of the studio, yeah. use the equipment there, don't buy your own. Yeah. Like there's so many revenue models with it. You could even be, you could even have a membership uh, model where you could be pay a monthly subscription and just use the space. Because me and Mark, it's Mark Boudreaux is his name. Yeah. Um, yeah. we're saying that like even me, like where I might not go there to record, I would love to go there and hot desk. Yeah. With other podcasters and like going and, building and a be creative. Yeah. Like beyond like one of the nice things about my job is that I've seen a lot of, of trade organizations. Like I work in awards. So like every industry has an award and you start to realize that the award is not just about high fiving everybody. Right. The award is also about informing the community about the big thing that you did that made a huge impact so that the entire community can learn and assimilate what you innovated. And right. move ahead as an industry. And so any industry you can get together in a group. Yeah. Any goal-based anything you can get together in a group. Yeah. Um, and there's so many right now. There's so many podcasts in Halifax. Yeah. So many. And at least three startups I've seen in the last year that are like big money startups. Start podcasts. Start podcasts to start talking about their industry. And I made a tweet about this the other day. Uh, I said something along the lines of... Um, like, you can't just know that your software does X. You need to know why it does X, when you would use X, and when the client would use X. Like, you have to understand their process and right. how their workflow is mm-hmm. and how to apply it in. Yeah. And so when you start talking about that in a podcast, when you start documenting it, you get really good at your product and how it's used. Yeah. Also, sales funnel. Because, like, because, like... You could, if like, let's say you were someone who offered a program or offered a course. You could do a 30-minute podcast teasing out tips about something, 
And then at the end saying, yeah, to sign up for like to to know more about this, take our course. There was some guy uh, years and years back who started a blog based on his like real estate licensing. So he's getting his real estate license and he was writing about all the stuff he was learning as he was going just as a blog and for his own exercise. And eventually he found out people were actually using it to study and to pass and so he he monetized that content. He yeah. turned it into an actual thing. I forget what fucking book or blog I read this story on because I it it was something that I learned a lot from. But it's like you and I want to give a shout out, but I can't. Right. This was years back. The unfortunate mm. part about being in anything for a really long time <laughs> is you know things you can't justify those. I know that a shelf life of a tweet I know is two point four to two point eight hours roughly. Shelf life of a tweet. Oh, like how long is a tweet useful for in the timeline of your day? Oh, and. I know the useful shelf life of a tweet, and I know how to optimize that content. But unfortunately, if you ask me why I know that or where that's from or you to justify it, yeah. like, dude, yeah. I, I read that like lady. I, I read that five six years ago, and I've been using it ever since, and it's given me great results. And I haven't read anything that contradicts it yet. So until I read that, yeah, like an updated state of the union for whatever networks I know, then I. I'm not going to learn new data, but I do know that that's the correct data because I'm mostly just a pass-through. Right. I think most of us are just a very complex plugin that goes into Google and then creates content for the internet. <laughs> like, so true. I made this comment about a buddy of mine is learning Python, a development language, and he's doing it to learn how to develop because he wants to do more in that area and it, he thinks it'll further his career and it will. Um, so he's learning Python and he was like, I feel bad. Should I be Googling things to answer these? And I'm like, well, as long as you're not Googling the answer, that's fine. He's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm using other people's work. I'm like, yeah, welcome to development. I don't know what they did before Stack Overflow, uh, which is a community site where we all post shit. And like the amount of time Stack Overflow has pulled a student out. But what you're learning is the, 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 the vocabulary of that industry so you can search better and you're learning how to read the answers and understand them and judge will this solve my problem right. which is all any of us do with anything uh-huh. so at that point we're just plugins for google that use that information to do tasks oh, it's so and it's the most uncomfortable thing i've ever realized <laughs> that uh we're just really complex parts of a program at this point holy fuck um, that's crazy and that's every a time Mirror episode. every time we in- innovate an ai to take over that role or we find a way to make that role quicker and easier and simpler, mm. we've optimized the system so the system runs faster. Yeah. And so whatever you dedicate yourself to, which there's nothing wrong with dedicating yourself to anything, but for this podcast, you've probably researched what's programs to use, yeah. uh, how to do it for free, how to do it for money, what tools you should buy, how to yeah. set up your room, how to set up your lights. You've literally just interfaced with Google to pull that information yeah. to learn, benefit, made you better at what you do, might further your life. That's that's yeah. great. However, you basically also just made a bunch of content for the internet. The internet's going to take that content yeah. and use it to influence more people into the plugin. And they yeah. might listen to this for whatever the subject matter of this is. Like if you look at Lewis Howe's podcast, he's doing a lot of like self-motivational stuff. Love that. Um, Ross Simmons from here. He's usually doing a lot of like motivation and marketing, cool partner. Like all of it falls into a, a stream, but like I guarantee you, a lot of that information is coming from experience that was aided by the internet's knowledge or it's like enhanced. A circle. It's like a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. We're in a loop and we always are. Um and, and, and for me, and it's like funny because and I and I don't talk about work a lot on here, but like having the degree I have at the time that I got it, 
Facebook marketing, social media marketing was hardly a thing when I graduated from public relations. Any job I apply for that is like at all technical in social media, digital marketing. Yeah. I just tried to learn it myself because I didn't learn it at, when face in 2006 when yep. really it wasn't like Facebook ads weren't a thing nope. then. It was just content. And it was just it was just like press releases and fucking and now, blogs. Um, you know, you've learned a lot of that stuff through the podcast. So like a side hustle, t- like allowed you a medium to learn those. Also, a job does. Like I learned a lot of skills in the job. Um, I got into startup when I was I can't remember how old, but it was the first startup I ever worked at. That was somebody else's. I worked there for five years. Uh, I got in there right out of graduation, so like probably 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. I went through a business degree, entrepreneurship. I just learned on the job and I kept asking the questions of, do we do that? And they would say, no, but we should. And I'd be like, how about I learn how to do that? And they'd be and like, all right, for, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. by the time I graduated, I went from the part-time student rep at the St. Mary's, the university I was at, to 30-hour-a-week job that then became 35 hours. I finished my last exam at that school and finished my rep work there for them effectively because I wasn't a student anymore. Mm. And not 13 hours later was back on campus in a boardroom at that company discussing what we were going to do moving forward and what my role was right? and to learn the company in a board meeting. And I had to learn all that shit on the job. So it's like – and I interviewed for it. Like there's an article in Forbes – on Forbes.com, which is not nearly as impressive as it sounds. It's a blog, fuckers. They just want content. Yeah. Um, But I'm referenced in there about like letting millennials oh, nice. handle your content. And, and letting them do things, do new do things. things. Because not every, like, company culture will let you is the problem. Well, not every company culture will let you, but not all generations are pass-throughs. Yeah. Like, I remember you know, anytime I work with someone over 50, they, like, discuss and they debate and they'll joke and they'll talk about something. And I'll just Google it and give them the answer. And they're <laughs> like, that's not what we were doing. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, there's an actual answer and I have it right here on my magic rolling box. <laughs> But then I don't retain that information. They have personal life experience that makes them remember. Yeah. And there's a comic that has this brilliant joke and it's um like there's no wonder anymore. Learning is instant, but it's not worth anything to you. So like 20 years ago, you'd be lying in bed and you're like, fuck, uh, what was Tom Pet? What was the name of Tom Petty's ex? I don't know. And you would think about this and you'd have no way of getting it and you'd wonder and you'd wonder and you'd see this woman walking down the street in a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers t-shirt and you'd run over to her and you'd (laughs) ask her and she would tell you and you had this actual satisfaction because you finally (laughs) worked for it. You had a moment to get it. And also that might be the story of how you met your wife. I'm never going to meet that woman because I'm just going to go, oh, what is that? Google it. No, in five minutes. Never oh, remember. God, it's that's so instant, true. but it's not satisfying like most of the things we do. Mm. Um, and so like technology removed a little bit of our wonder. But also I find older people don't necessarily have the confidence in rapid learning and rapid applying of of knowledge and getting to a place where it works that's something that we do really well because we're pass-throughs yeah yeah. and every generation after us is going to get better at that i think um but we are pass-throughs more than any other like we have i think uh i've seen more people that i know than my parents knew rapidly improve their marriage through Mm -hmm. research and talking online rapidly improve their health um, on the flip side, I've also seen people rapidly get involved in a radical movement. I've seen people radically, like, j- like deeply invested in things that 
um, don't bring them any satisfaction, but that they are working towards and might be a big thing. Mm. And so I find people are engaging like way more, way quicker, and we have way more polarized views, but it's because you can do it yeah. rapidly. So the, there's a downside to being a plug-in. Um, there's an upside to it as well, but there's a downside to being a plug-in. And I think it's like being a grief junkie and like wasting your time caring about social issues that you can't really affect or like – and and it's fine to care about that stuff and engage like I do on stuff I care about. But past a point, like how much of it your life is it taking up? Like you can get sucked down a rabbit hole of of an issue – Mm-hmm. Any issue. You can get too obsessed with your weight loss. You could de- get too obsessed with your money. Like any issue. But because you have access to the internet, you can get real into it real quick and it right. can get real bad. Oh, the internet is, yeah. I yeah. such a love-hate relationship with it. But we're going to get into I need to formally open this episode because we haven't yet. We've been f- talking for 15 minutes. Yeah, this well, happens every I time with you. I yeah. like it, though. I like actually opening episodes like in the middle of a convo because yeah. I feel like it sets the tone. Are, we're, we're still going to use your fake name, aren't we? Because we can't, we have to at this it's, point. It's literally in my actual names in an episode. You didn't edit out. Really? Yeah, my actual names in an episode. So there was one that I re-edited. That for, I... The, for everyone listening, uh, my name is Finley. <laughs> oh no, I don't like it. I think you should always be Mark. Well, I can be the like the only reason people is that I just talked a lot about digital life. I worked in that space, and I'm That's very true. I'm very easy to Google. You can learn anything you want about me. Um, the downside to that is <laughs> if these episodes use my real name in the descriptions, yeah. then if this shows up in the search results, that'll impact some of my relationships. So, so you're Mark. I'm on Mark paper. on paper, but I don't care if you, if we say my name, it's, it, like saying Sweet. my name is fine. It's because just, they, they won't unless they happen to listen. Yeah. And at that point, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, my name's Finley. Uh, do you know anybody with that name? I'd love to meet them. <laughs> Uh, it's not a common name. It's not a common name. And the problem with that is that it's really easy to control my keywords, which is great when I want to put a blog post out. Horrible garbage when I want – like you can go find fucking Counter-Strike forum boards and message boards that I used in like the early 2000s because yeah. there's no – like if your name's Michael Smith, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you with your common ass name. And like no more Michaels. No so more Michaels. If you're going to have a kid – to all the women out there and the husbands and the the wives, the significant others, if you choose to have a kid, don't name it Michael. We have too many. Too many. There's a lot of Andrews, too. A lot of Andrews. There's a lot of Michaels. A lot of Sarahs. Sarahs, Kellys. Also, Sarah, my name is being drugged through the mud lately because Sarah is the name of that conservative person who's texting everybody. And people oh, keep posting the screenshots of the text being like, fuck off, Sarah. I'd rather go fuck myself with a curling iron. Like- Which I love that everyone's doing that. Um, but the reason I'm loving it is that it's the stupidest reaction I could think of. You're messaging a robot system. I it know. is no one, no one seeing that. Just so you know, you feel like I told them no. Uh, that's a filter key. Well, they're no, they're not keyboard. doing it for that though. They're doing it for the screenshot to put on social media to get the likes, Finley. Yeah, but it doesn't do anything. Like oh, the no, only agrees. action that matters is if you can convince someone to vote another way and that you vote. Yeah. If you're just posting some happy, feel good, jack off thing, what's the point? Like you just wasted your time. <laughs> um, unless it's funny and like I love a joke. The first one was funny. The second one was a little less funny. When you when you trend a joke, it either yeah. becomes a meme and it's universally funny and we all love it, or it's a horrible garbage meme and 
just uh, no one's reading that data. Like you're just you're doing nothing and you feel really good and you didn't do anything and you just wasted like 45 seconds of your life to write it. And then to screenshot it was more, and then to post it was more, and for to engage with it was even more. And it's like, you just spent so much time on one little thing on the goddamn internet. Like, how- I can make the same argument for this, though. Like, when I post my, like, little clips, my little one-minute clips- That's to an end goal. That is a singular end goal. That's true, I want people to watch. You're going- you're, that is an action in a chain. There is no, there is no chain for the action we're talking about. Other than maybe you convince someone to vote a different way, but, like, make a reasoned argument and talk to somebody. That's a way better way to... I don't even think that they're doing that, though. I think they're just doing it to be funny. But it's not. I know. It's yeah. It After was while, funny the not. first time. Yeah. Some things don't get memed. Some things don't get memed. Uh, I, I, not it, everything's Kermit with a T. I posted one today, which is a guy on a computer, and it just says, Nice. I love intimacy. And then I thought to myself, I've never summed up my life more than that picture. It's like a lone man yeah. on a computer being like, I love intimacy. And I realized, because I realized recently that I'm putting a lot of personal, real human relationships at stake by doing what I do. The podcast? Yeah, big time. How? Well, I mean, like, people come, they hang out to record, but then they leave, right? And then that's it. And then they go about their lives, and they live their lives, and maybe they'll come back on again and talk about their lives. But my life becomes promoting their story. Yeah, but that's not risking a personal relationship. That's that's doing something interesting. But I find I don't do. I, I actually just find I don't do anything outside of this. That that's really what. Oh, it like is. if that's this really singular activity. You're saying this singular activity has taken over your life, and that yeah. means that other people's lives are becoming the medium through you. It, I get that. Uh, but like, you want to do this, right? Yeah. <laughs> is there an easier way to do this that would give you a better balance? Something can get overblown in your life. And you scale it back. Like, we all get way into something, and then we're like, maybe just casual interest from now on. Honestly, like, there is a way. It's just, it's hard to do that way sometimes when you're depressed. Like, last weekend, I lost a whole weekend to being in bed. Yeah. So, whereas I try to record one a weekend, maybe some weekends I'll do two. Yeah. Maybe if I'm really ambitious, I'll do three. But again, that's a lot on me to do three episodes yep. in a week. Um, but that means I could take the next weekend off. But only that weekend. Yeah. Like, I can't get carried away yeah. and be like, I'm taking two weeks off. Like, and it's just not a thing that can happen. Is there something you can do to create more balance in that? Like, I love doing, I love losing weight. I've lost a lot. Like, I could do cardio for four hours. I have done cardio for four hours in a night. Um, mm. That's not healthy, and that wasted four hours. Like, I was probably good with an hour if I had balanced things. So it's like, what can you do to bring this time load down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is it less lighting? Is it no longer a video? Uh, Like, are videos testing really well so they're worth it? No, I think it's just being more organized. Yeah, because 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 I think like scheduling guests, like you need to plan on people bailing. Like, literally, you have to plan on that. And if I'm really risking it by say like not having an episode backlogged yeah and then relying on a guest that bails like yeah i'm fucking myself over and i'm giving myself more stress um 
And it, it becomes, and it's like, I don't want people to get it twisted. Like, I do fucking love it, and I have so much fun yeah. doing it. But when you're not getting paid, like, when it's unpaid yeah. work, and you're all, like, and I'm also, like, trying to figure out my financial situation, so I'm not yeah. making any more money. When you haven't monetized you know? like, a project, it's really hard, and it's a lot of time. It's a, a lot of time. It's, yeah. And if, yeah. you're, if you're just not quite on it, like, yeah. depression can take down my energy levels. It can take down my motivation to, like, actually d- record. Yeah. I, when I record, I want to be like, I'm down to have fun You here. have to be on. Yeah, I have to be on. And uh, I'm on right now. And that's phenomenal. But I was not on last weekend. Yeah. Now, what can you do? Like, what in your depression is making you do that? Like, what is contributing? Because, like, I've had depression, and for me, and you can... Yours might be a bit different, and I'm not going to speak mm. for you, but, like, my depression is very much, like, there's a lot of things in my depression that if I unpack, I can start taking them down yeah. as I need to. I can take them out and lighten the load. Like, sometimes if my place is trashed and I'm depressed, the depression's way worse. So, like, to get out of the hole a little bit, I'll clean. Like, what yeah. else? But, like, oh, that's, like a, that. that's a fucking small issue. But it might yeah. also be, like, fuck, there's this client thing that I really need to make sure it gets done and we have a week left. Can I write a document? Can I schedule like a couple meetings? Can I do something that lightens that burden? Yeah. And the show is is also a burden, right? When I'm it can when I'm behind one. on a yeah. startup or, or a side project, like if I have a class to teach for a, like a university, like which I've done, like I uh, humble brag. Uh, thank you. Can we ding for every humble yes, brag can. on the show? It was a hum- <laughs> I humble brag like a motherfucker. Thank you, Ross Simmons. You taught me that one. Uh, <laughs> find a humble brag real quick humble brag is like because i feel like people don't really understand what it is. i love humble brags because it's like a it's like a sneaky little way to mention <laughs> that you did something great and it does contribute to the story and it does validate your information which is why sometimes you humble brag it's like if you have a guest speaker they have to have a little bit of a bio and having that little bit of a bio kind of justifies why am i listening to this person on this topic if you don't give me a humble brag, I don't know if you're an expert. So a humble brag can be any way of like interjecting yeah. in motion and not drawing it out and being grandiose. Like you can brag like, I got a Lexus. I got a Rolex. Or you can be like, oh, yeah, my dad gave me a Rolex. Um, It was his since 1980. Uh, I'm really touched by that. Like that's a humble brag. I don't care if it's also a touching thing that your dad did they can be empowering that's a yeah and it it also it lets the other person know that you're not like a piece of shit 100 um Hundo. yeah like there's entire pickup theory around that which is like oh really yeah there's um there's um gambits for like um i'm thinking about buying my friend a gift like he's a really high class guy i'm thinking maybe like a cashmere sweater but i like is that too much like what do you think and you've just generated a, a conversation that shows you care about your friend, you care about high quality items, they care about high quality and items. And you're financially and, and you're financially in a place where you can do that. So that's a fucking very well calculated humble brag. Uh but it also engages a conversation. By the way, I used to read pickup theory in college. It's oh. great. Uh oh. it's also horrible garbage. Uh you did feel it like work? a dem- Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. And I'm not, as we can now see on video. You're not you're not dating this because it's pretty. You're dating it because it's no, a little bit funny. No, you look great. I look great. You look great. I look great in the way that uh, a Lexus looks great to a fucking Toyota. Like, I look better than the Toyota. But let's be honest here. We all want to drive a Ferrari. And that's fine. But I'm I'm a car that's got a little bit of personality. 
I mean, I'm the same though. I'm not like yeah. I, I, I. Most people are the same. There's like a gifted genetic percentage, and like people that work damn hard to look good. That we're all like, yeah, I'd hit that. But like after that level, it's all like, okay, what are the details? Because nothing depreciates faster than love. Yeah, I, I always say that I'm very hyper aware of my my where I am on the crazy hot scale, which is that I'm not quite hot enough. <laughs> my you crazy, gotta lower that crazy. My crazy is just, and it's exceeding. not it's not by a lot, but yeah. it's just slight. Where you need to be really down with my personality. Yeah. If you're really down with my personality, and you'll you love think I'm attractive, this. If you you'll love, love this it. personality, you'll love it. But, but if you have any qualms with my personality, yeah. your attraction for me will go way down. Yeah. And it's because, and now mind you, if I was hotter, if I was like supermodel hot, well, yeah, it wouldn't matter. As people much. put up with more when it you're pretty. Hundred percent. Like it's when you're Sadly. prettier or charming. I rely yeah. purely on charm and brain, and I don't have a lot of it, but I do have some. Uh, charm is huge. It's weird also to realize that you have any level of charm and charisma because you always look at a lot of positive attributes you'll see really quickly on someone else. Like, we've all yeah. got a charismatic friend. We can name them right now. Matt Krieger, you're fucking stunning. Andrew Redden. Just, I, I literally was thinking of Andrew when you said his name. Charismatic. <laughs> Um, there's a, a there's a plus and a, a minus to being charismatic, but you can see it really easy on your friends. But like you don't realize when you have that trait, and so like it's really easy for us to have belief in our friends and to talk about that belief. But like we don't talk about ourselves. Like uh, yeah. if I came up to you and said a bunch of great things about me, uh, that's really braggy. But if you're introducing your friend, you can list all their why, great traits. But, but why is it braggy? Because it is. Like, I, like, there's a Jeff, Jeff Winger gives a speech in community about, like, I am clearly awesome. You now think I'm an asshole because I said that. Goes on a big speech. Right. Talks about a pencil. Oh, it's yes. It's a great speech. Thing. Yeah. Shark Week. Shark Week mm-hmm. and pencils. And right. it's amazing, but it's also very true. And that's why it's amazing. That's why it's funny. It's because you can, you can clearly see that someone is charismatic. If we know Andrew's charismatic, but if Andrew says, I'm really charismatic, it's like, oh, fuck you. But sometimes you can say it. I maybe no, maybe if you don't come out and say it that way. Yeah, the humble. But if you're in conversation, like if we were talking about, like, say the subject of our conversation right now was positive affirmations, or and I was telling you that, and because I did, I did put affirmations in my phone recently because I found when I was feeling really hard on myself uh, about rejection. uh, (laughs) Spicy look. I I'm so easily go to. You're not pretty enough. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not funny enough. You're not cool enough. Yeah. And that takes Sarah to a place that is not good. But if I look at the affirmations, which are, I'm hardworking. Yep. I'm fun. I'm a good friend. Stuff like that. It makes me feel better. Now, but like if I were to say those things to you, just out of nowhere, yeah. it would be weird. When you're hyping yourself up, but we also have the, the limitations of when you should be hyping yourself up, you won't because you don't think about it or you think it's inappropriate. Like in a job yeah. interview, if someone asks you what your strength is, I can convince a lot of people of things. That's a strength I actually have. It's because I'm charismatic. I can say that now because I've practiced saying things like that and I've broken down that wall of like embarrassment. Yeah. But – is that is that what you normally say in an interview? Absolutely. Yeah. I You're I can convince people to do things, and I think that convincing convincing someone is powerful. Um, I can ask you to get me a coffee. That's an ask. I can convince you to get me a coffee. That's a task you're happy to do. And when you do it, you are happy. Those are two very different, different fucking things. things. Right. So I need to convince you're, you of what I want. You're trying to get them to be like. 
getting this coffee is going to be good for you. Yeah. And me. Like, yeah. I'm going to get what I want out of it. Anything. But you getting the coffee. Yeah. When I'm selling you something, if I want to sell you $15,000 worth of web development, I can't tell you that I want to do it. I have to give you the benefits to you. And yeah. once I've convinced you to do it and you say, yes, if I've done my job correctly, you feel fulfilled and empowered because I did sell you something you need. Like, don't just sell things to be an asshole. But when I sell you something you need, you should feel good about that sale. You should feel convinced and empowered and that it was the right thing to do. So I have to know what buttons to press. And, like, that requires a lack of being humble about certain things, whether it's the product you're selling, whether it's yourself you're selling. Um, And I – Jesus Christ, I wish I could sell my dick like I can sell a TV. (laughs) Because I can this sell goes, a Panasonic. This goes but, back to the first episode you did because yeah. you made the TV reference to dick pics, yeah. which is a dick pic is means it means dick all. Yeah, it um, means unless there's meaning attached to it. Yeah, dick like look, which is so guys, fucking true by the way. Guys, so true, so true. You're visual. <laughs> a lot of people are visual, but generally speaking, guys are visual. So we like a picture of tits. We don't really care if there's a story attached to the tits. We're just like, yay, tits. You are and I think creepers. a lot of us do feel that way. Not just dudes, but I think that it's just the case. Yeah. Uh, but women want to know the context of the tits. What are they doing? Yeah. Are they great? Are they soft? Are they warm? How does it feel? What's the dick going to do? Attach content and substance to your dick pic in a narrative. Yeah. Because phone sex will teach you a lot of shit about what someone gets off on because they usually write in the self and the first. Um, so, like, what the first person does and, like, what they then do, guess what? You can learn a lot of things from that. That's how I learned a girl I was dating like being choked because she literally made a comment about, like, I'd move your hand to my throat. And I'm like, didn't know you were into that. <laughs> Just something. Because, again, we don't ask for what we want. We don't, like, we don't always mm. talk about what we want but we holy talk shit about... does it ever come out when someone's yeah, hand when is on their deck and when you're typing too yeah like when you're actively engaged in being turned on but you're forced to communicate your wants do you yeah do you think that you're better at that with typing or talking i think people are way better at anything when typing yeah aziz and sarah made a comment on, on comedians and cars getting coffee about how like you can edit yourself and you can you can think about a response yeah. and you can just not reply as a response like he makes a comment about like if i was if i message you to go on a date you can choose to never respond to me if i if it was 20 years earlier and i had to call you or see you and ask you you don't just stand there and say nothing <laughs> you know what i, I like mean forever do, i would like to do a sketch yeah. about that like like if people acted in real life how they do via text yeah. Like, just the idea of, like, like, like me saying something to you, like, hey, Finley, do you want to get a coffee? And, and I just, you just don't. Or you, or you just walk away. Yeah. Yeah. There's the one where you say it and I'm not even there. That's being left when they haven't read it yet. They haven't checked their messages. Yeah. Like you then there's the, it. like, when they actually give you a message. Then there's when they do the three dots and you know they're typing. They do, like, one of these. Oh. And then they don't actually <laughs> respond and they do it again that and then they say something. One. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what the, what the physical. Yeah, the dot like and the being left and on it's it's one it. of these. It's, it's like, like a, and then they just walk. Yeah, and then they just walk, <laughs> or they'll actually say something, or they'll come back like a day later. But like, there is never a time when we could edit ourselves more. Like when I want to respond with something witty, when I'm trying to turn someone on, when I'm trying to convince them of something, I don't have to have an immediate good response. I have like two minutes. Yeah, yeah, and I'm way better in two minutes. 
yeah. than I am in an instant because I have time to practice, to think, to poise. And I love that you just brought up Jeff's inspirational speech. I did because I was thinking what we could do because I do this thing now on the pod. Ooh, where do you just, we can, just call it the pod? The pod. We can actually do this and watch it because I don't think copyright will get me with this. Yeah. I think it's more so with music and stuff, hopefully. Let's see. So if I do that, so see, so now it's oh picture in picture. Now well, it's like a reaction video. Well, well pee and pee action. I know. I'm 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 fucking fancy. The reason I can mock that so well is that I've watched it a bunch because it's really you good. have it like straight up memorized. Wow. It's where do you think you learn good body language and how to do diction and talk? You listen to other good orators and you watch body language like. True. There's a lot of mannerisms I have from a guy named Ed Boolean, uh, who does VinWiki. It's an amazing video series and startup, and I catch myself doing Ed-like things all the time because I watch them from him and I learn them from him. Like, if you rewatch enough things that convince you of things, mm. yeah, you might learn how to be convincing. It's wow. a learned skill. I wasn't always good at this. I mean, I've been dealing with customers since I was six, but which is really fucked up. And if you have a family business, give your kid a weekend off because that shit's fucked up. That is. That's pretty fucked. But how's life been for Finley? Oh, it feels so I good know, to right? say your name. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Shut up. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, and it's I was just smoking for the camera. Head to head to. Uh, actually, no. Life's life's uh, great, and it's good that yeah. I have no problem with you. Like, I didn't get mad when you didn't edit it. I was like, oh yeah, fucking same. Google's so, not crawling audio and also yet. It's like when someone's your friend and you're so used to their name. Yeah. Like when you're editing, even though like you might catch it other times, sometimes you'll hear it and you'll just be like, oh yeah. Yeah, it's his name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, life's great. Uh, I'm down like 40-ish pounds. It's uh, amazing. Yep. So what made you decide to do that? Uh, I like having my dick touch more than I like a cheeseburger. <laughs> I don't, I don't, everyone's Honestly. always... Vanity. <laughs> fucking vanity. Uh, this isn't for health. Otherwise, I'd be doing it a lot, like in a lot healthier way. Uh, there are yeah. different ways to lose weight and you can fucking crash your weight if you really want to, yeah. uh, which I'm doing and I don't care. Because I actually know how to correct that afterwards because I've been losing weight for a long time. Like, I've been, I've consistently, I've been, I like, I bounce between about 200 and 240 every year, and I have for a long time. I just realized I should go lower, um, and then stay there, which I know how to do because I can stay, I can maintain my weight at 200, at 210, at 220. Like, I know how to do that as long as I don't have like a depressive episode where I go off the rails and do a bunch of stupid shit. Yeah. I can maintain my weight, and now I'm the healthiest I've been in a long time. And there's a, a lot of privilege that comes into mental health, um, and a lot of privilege that comes into taking care of yourself. It's way easier to be healthy when you're rich. Um, Dear God, yes. I'm not. Oh my God. I'm thank not you. rich, but you know, you'd think you, I was an ass if I admitted. You're, you're well off. I'm well off. I'm upper middle class. You have the money to spend on it. Yeah. I'm upper middle class. Not everyone does. Uh, which does not mean that, like, you know, my money doesn't suddenly disappear sometimes. Like, we all have emergencies. Um, but for the most part, I am more solvent than most people. Hello, cat. So, uh, as Lindsay will say, there's two Finleys. There's Finley, and then there's Finley with an adorable animal near Rye. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, a, a woman I dated had this, like, uh, this theory about there were sensitive, nice guys, and there were bros, and it was a spectrum. And, like, You'll have different traits 
depending on where you're on the spectrum. And depending you have on your both, environment. Yeah. Maybe, your and, appara- and she didn't make sense of me because I was really, really bro-y sometimes because I spent a lot of time in the gym and I'm really new agey about some things. And I, I will, you see, I see an adorable dog. I'm just like, oh, you're so cute. Oh, yeah. The, the pitch goes up and you can't control it. No. And some guys Neither like don't react that much apparently. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, that's adorable. I'm fucking right into that. And you know what? Those aren't my people. I like people who can react to a cute animal. Because we don't deserve animals. They are better than us. We don't deserve dogs. We deserve cats. Cats are the exact level of dismissive asshole that we deal with every day. That's true. That's fine. I'm dogs fine. are... Dogs are Dogs like, love us to a fault. Dogs are a hot stalker. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a quote. <laughs> yeah. Like... I, and I've experienced friends that had stalkers, and I've never had a stalker myself, but I've experienced people with stalkers. Um, Jealous. And no, it's horrible. But yeah, like, no, you can make a lot of jokes about it because, but like, dogs are your stalker in that you you do no wrong. They are dependent on you. They're for dependent everything, on everything. Yeah. Poop for food for everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'll I'll get a dog for a long time, but I would like one at some point. I want a corgi. I would like whatever I whatever pet I get next needs to be male so that I know what it's like to have a male need me. In the soul. <laughs> Zoom in it. on Finley's face there, Sarah. That was great. That, oh, felt that. So, like, what I've come to realize is that I, I like being needed. Yeah, everyone does. And And I don't usually get that from human males. So the way that I can bring that male energy into my life is by getting like if I get a new kitten, it needs to be a male kitten. I don't. Uh, and then Mindy can be a big sister. This joke, uh, <laughs> folks, folks. There's uh, a lot for you to take in there. <laughs> you need a minute. Start playing Hello Darkness, my old friend. Right. Oh, there. I'll show you something after this. By yeah, the way, that was dark. Oh, I want to show it to you right now because I'll forget. That was dark enough that American police would shoot it. I I, I will show you something after this. With Hello Darkness, my old friend that I made that I'm very proud of. That will never be published on YouTube based on the content. But cool. I show to people who I, I know that. I show it to people who know that it's funny, even though it's very self-deprecating. Yeah, that's fine. I don't date. And we've talked about, like, like I don't. I literally just sent a message to a Tinder match saying we should hang out soon. Yeah, like you, you date. No, I don't. No? Not. But you want to date. Yeah. Yeah. See, I have an absence of dating and I don't really care. Uh, I'm busy. So is it the busyness <laughs> that makes you not care or do you legit not just don't care? Uh, a bunch of things in that. Like it's it's a thing to unpack. Uh, unpack. Yeah. Um, I don't really care. It's not like, a priority. <laughs> it's not a priority and it hasn't been for a long time. It has been a few times in my life and it's been a ca- like I can get laid. Like I can do that. That's fine. And I can hang out with someone. Uh, yeah, but, like, you can get laid, too. It's just how far down the ladder of quality do you want to go? Not far. And, like, I'm not saying that the people I get laid with are bad quality. They're great people. I adore them. I think they're Mm-mm. very attractive. But I can also admit that, like, I don't want that right now. Like, I've... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, sex is great. Sometimes you want more. Uh, I don't really care either way right now. Uh, I don't really want regular sex. Like, just sex sex. Um yeah. But I also don't want to date anybody. Because, like... I feel you, Tim Gunn. I feel you. Uh, <laughs> Tim Gunn? Tim Gunn has not had, like, a relationship, like, since the 80s, and I don't think he's gotten laid either. Really? Um, yeah, he had, like, a bad breakup related to uh, them cheating, which no one, I, not many people have cheated on me, but I used to be a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, but there's, like, he, he had that 
falling out. He's still really in love with the guy, and he just doesn't want another relationship because he like he just doesn't want one. Um, I don't. Mine's not that complex. It's just I don't really like there's a lot that goes into a relationship there's a lot of effort there's like it's a project in and of itself yeah when i think about my week and i think about what that week would be like yeah. if i had to factor the the requirement oh to spend time God. with someone else i'm like oh shit like it, whoever this is and it, it's not necessarily to say that i have high standards but like whoever this is really needs to match lifestyles with me and that yes in that they need to get that I'm going to be, like, during the week is my busiest time because I'm working, coming home, eating really quick, then going to a comedy show late at night. Yeah. So, like, they need to be get down with that. Yeah. And they get to, need to get down with the fact that I have a weird sleep schedule. Nothing depreciates faster than love. This <laughs> is a joke from a comic I know, Frank, in Toronto, and nothing depreciates faster than love. When you are young... You will go on and on about how you love someone, how they're the best, how they make you feel, how they're so magical. When you hit 35, yeah. we just become benefitless. Well, he's 30 minutes closer to work. He's got indoor parking. If I move in now, I can be <laughs> on the insurance in six months. We can split bills. Yeah. Woo, but disposable like, income. Also in that joke, when you're younger, like you can make love about love and how they make you feel and all that. But when you're older, you've got boxes they need to check and fit into. And you can loosen that as much as you want. But for it to work, they've got to fit into a bunch of things that you already have going on. Yeah. Like, what age do you think that that starts? Because <laughs> I, I feel like I've, I feel like thirties for sure. Thirty th- by thirty, it has happened. I don't necessarily know if it's an age thing. I think it might just be a life experience thing. But by thirty, almost everyone I know has had it happened. Yeah. Um, and some people find the person that fits. Sometimes you find them before you have all the boxes and you build them together. But by thirty, you've got damage. You've got baggage. You oh. need to find somebody that has a cart. Sometimes, uh, or you need time to get over your baggage, which you can do. Like you can put down baggage you have and lighten the load by working on yourself. And who knows how long that will take? Yeah, is the problem. And who knows that it's going to be the important baggage that messes with them? Like that's something I think about frequently. I, I, and I mean, like this goes back to anxiety and depression and overthinking. Yeah, but I, I frequently hear other people's narrative of me being like. She's too emotionally damaged. Or she has emotional baggage. Yeah, we all do. It's about finding someone that doesn't but care about your specific baggage, or it's about learning to fix your baggage. Or it's about finding someone who accepts that you have baggage and knows that you're working on it. Yeah, but that's, again, that's finding someone who has, like, complimentary baggage. Like, so let's hard. be honest here. There's complimentary baggage. If you're both addicts and you're both sober, that might work out. Not always, not if you're really fresh into sobriety, but you can develop a system of codependence. Like you can, uh, if you are fucking anything, you can connect and, and make it work. Yeah. Um, but I will say that some people don't mesh. Yeah. Like you couldn't be with an unemotional dude because you wouldn't know how to respond when you're emotional. True. Or like you might need someone that has baggage around family members that have had issues yeah. And so they know that, like, they know that a bad depression day is just, meh, it'll be fun tomorrow. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually a great point. Not like, necessarily that they've gone through it, but maybe they've, yeah. they've been, they've known it. Like, I'm great with depression and anxiety because I've had it myself and it's been a part of my family. Like, whenever, like, when I have dated people and they had depression, I'm just like, yeah, no, I know how to deal with this. Just like, we're good. And they'd be yeah. like, it's just so weird that you're so accepting. I'm like, yeah, okay. 
Like, <laughs> this was a survival instinct I felt. Uh, this is damage. This is the product of damage. Like, if you call me most nights, my ringer is on and at a louder setting than when I went to bed because there was a period in my life where sometimes I got late night phone calls that I had to take care of because something went wrong. And so you can always get me. I will always be supportive of people that matter. Uh Uh-huh. But that's born out of baggage. Yeah. Like, that affects my sleep. Like, Oh, yeah. Because you're on guard. Like, it's a product kind of, you're of... You're kind of always on guard. Yeah. it's a pr- And it's way less than it was years ago. It's gotten way better. I now, like, will frequently mute my phone, but there are some nights that, like, weekends, usually I'll leave my ringer on loud just because weekends are a danger period for a lot of people. And so I don't know who's going to call and I don't know what I'm going to have you, to go do. Do you get those calls frequently? Not anymore. Okay, that's good. Not anymore. Uh, no one in my life has really done anything that warranted a call in the last, like, five years. Um, but like a damage, but the call might, but it's taken, yeah, but it's taken five years for me to move that damage down to, I only do it on weekends and it used to be work wise too. Like I answered 27 emails once with a girl in my bed, a woman I had just had sex with. Yeah. I was, I went through 27 emails damage. I grew up working. There's a product of that, that I work all the time because that's what we did. And so working all the time is... At least it wasn't is, during the sex. No, absolutely. You can't do that. <laughs> uh, At least you waited until after. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give wait. Like, I'm not replying to a client during. Uh, but in all honesty, like, you have to have the compuls- like the commensary damage of you're fine with a guy that does that. Maybe you value work too much. Maybe you work really hard yourself. Like, it's really hard for me to date someone. Like, a lot of the women I've dated or been in a relationship with are like master students, PhDs, entrepreneurs, people with high level jobs. Yeah. Because one, I'm attracted to powerful women because they're they're great. Uh, but two, um, you know, I work really hard. My damage requires that because I need you to have that similar damage. Right. So like, it's weird that you start talking about your compatibilities in terms of your fucking damage, but you do if you know what you're doing. Like, ooh, I like that. I'd have a first date and be like, "How are you damaged?" Yeah. That, well, I was just gonna ask. How are you not asking that question? I, I, I was just gonna ask. Um, how early into a dating situation do you think it's appropriate to get into these like deeper That's conversations? The That's the problem. Uh, I have never had a good like. I've had very few good face to face. The best relationship I've ever had was built on the phone. We talked Me on too. the phone for seven months, calls almost every night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very romantic story. It ends poorly. Uh, but it's a very romantic story. And it shows just how much of a bullshit romantic I apparently am while being a cynical asshole. Uh, and it's fine. Like I'm fine with it now. It's just a factor of my life. But the be- the best parts about that relationship were that we formed inside jokes. We talked about our insecurities. We talked about issues. We talked about everything because it was way easier on the phone. And Big when you talk time. on the phone, you can't interact the same way you can in person. Like there's things I can talk about in this room on a phone. You can limitly talk about what's in front of you, but you have to talk about subjects and yeah. have depth to get that phone call to go longer. And so you talk about everything you like yeah. and you learn the other person really well. And that does form a good bond. Like I remember when somebody like when, when, when she thought, um, I wonder what we think of that. Like we made fun of names and misspelling of names. So it was a bit of a joke. Like, and so she read an email from a guy named Jeff spelled G E O F F. She's like, I wonder what we think about that spelling. And she was like, Oh fuck. I just thought in the we. That's yeah. bad. But also, like, we had 
like there the were little language. quirks that we think were funny and we had damage from startup world where someone would be like, oh, I wanted to grow viral and organically. And we'd both laugh and be like, time to take old Yeller out. And that was the term we used for bad startup ideas that we would talk about. Old Yeller. <laughs> take the dog out and put him down. Yeah. And so like that came from both a darkly damaged place, but also the fact that we talked a great deal. And the, that was the best relationship I read. It was based on the phone. And yeah. the few relationships that I've had that are typing based are really good too. Like anybody that's a friend of mine from out of province – if I've been talking to them for years and it's all in written form, I've learned so much about them over the years, even if I've maybe only seen them seven times. So there are yeah. advantages to disconnected relationships, but like – and also the immediacy. There's no editing on the phone. We talked about this before the show, but like – It's so – it's like such an organic state of a person. Yeah. I have two yeah. minutes to respond to your message maybe or I cannot respond at all or I can like never respond – is the the one that like never would have happened 20 years ago. Like if you ask someone a question on a phone or in person, there was no just not responding. Hey, do you want to go to dinner later? And then they just didn't respond to you for three days. They're probably right in front of you or on the phone. So like they either walked away or hung up in that instance, but you have an answer because they did that. Right. Um, there's a, a like a weird factor with the internet where we have two minutes to make ourselves sound better and to edit ourselves. But on a phone, there is no time like that. No. So you say expressions that you might not type out. Like one of the things that I say all the time is hot garbage juice. That's hot garbage juice. That's hot garbage. Yeah. And that joke I've been using for like – I've been saying that for like five years, six years. Can but hot I don't, garbage juice be the title of this episode? Sure. I don't <laughs> I don't use it in the written form. I only say it. Yeah. And it's a deeply dark-rooted joke of like a t- like period of my life and, and hot garbage juice being in a hot garbage room and potentially having gotten on a joint. And it's a hilarious story that is cannot be told. Unfortunately, uh, but suffice it to say that I say hot garbage juice and that joke only works with someone that has a dark sense of humor. Right. And got to read the room. You got to read the room, but also like you like they they're damaged match by damage. Right. What are your thoughts on? So lately, what were we almost an hour in? So okay. I think I'm safe to say this, but like, what are your thoughts on? Cutting close friends out of your life when they don't have the same damage as you or they don't understand your damage. Um, I think cutting someone out of your life for any reason, as long as it's healthy, is good. Yeah. Um, I've been cut out of people's lives for shitty things that I did and I deserved it and their life is probably better. I'm not that person anymore, but you did something. Though. I did something. What about what it. if it's just literally like and no any reason? This is like yeah. that's the severe one, but like I've cut people out just because like we just did not mesh anymore. Yeah. And after like a couple of years, I was just like, I don't like I'm working for this friendship. You're working for this friendship. This shouldn't be a thing. Or like you just don't support me in this one thing and you're never going to. I can either accept that you won't or I can choose to distance myself from you. Yeah, or I can modify my there. behavior. Yeah. Um, but if they keep asking about it, then that's a problem. But some people are smart enough to go like, okay, we don't talk about that subject. There's certain subjects with certain yeah. friends. We don't go there. Yeah. I don't talk to Lindsay about babies. Yeah. Unless it's on a Facebook comment. She, she started it. that shit. <laughs> she started that shit. I got her. Uh, don't fuck around. Uh, like, have I'm, you met the baby yet? By no. The way? Oh, okay. I'm never. I'm not gonna meet the baby. I told her 18. I will meet her kid, and I meant that. Like maybe 16 if they're cool. Maybe 14 if they're cool. Yeah. But I have no interest in a kid, other than yeah, that's a cute baby. Yeah. Like, 
They exist. They exist. <laughs> I want to isolate that clip. Fuck off. <laughs> like, they exist. Yeah, they do. And it's fine. And But, like, I don't have an interest. I don't want to interact. I don't want to hold the kid. I don't want to do anything. I'm good mm. with kids. I have, mm. like, but... And I think kids are important. I think, but that's always but been I a thing with you. That you that. Like, that's the thing with you that if you're friends with Finley, you need to accept that and understand I like that. Kids. And you can either, yeah, you can either accept it or yeah. fuck I off. might like your kid. I might like your kid. I might be support, and I'll always be supportive of you being a good parent because they. I have friends that like they'll say something or they'll do something, and I'm like, fuck, they'd be a good parent. I have never had that moment with myself. No one's uh, ever said that about me either. Or me. Uh, what am I going to teach the kid to do? Roll a joint, make a dry martini? Like, that's it. Be amazing. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as Life for a skills. kid. No, not for a kid. Yeah, like, but, but that's, but that's, think that's of it my like a set. transferable skill. Learn to roll a joint if you're in startup. Great advice. Uh, you need it. But I would be saying that to my kid at like 18. But if you like, can teach them how to roll a joint, you yeah. can teach them to do other things. If you're, if you're of the yes. teaching mindset. Yes, I clearly am. I, actually teach uh but so i think you're i, I think that you would actually yeah no okay like if we're just looking skill wise yes yeah yeah but inclination and what do those skills apply to yeah like my skills are primarily the guy before you get married i'm fine with that there is a freakishly high number of women i have dated that like the next guy is the one that they get married to and like i'm fine with that but like i'm not a dad i'm not gonna be the dad i'm not Closest I'm going to get is being daddy. Like, let's be real here. I'm not a dad. I'm never going to be a dad. I can't be a dad. I literally had surgery to take care of that shit. Yeah, and listen I, to the bisectomy And episode. I carried the receipt around for months at a time because it was funny to me. I uh, think you should still – do you still have that it? That receipt died in my wallet. Uh, well, yeah, joke, it can only last for so That long. joke literally wore itself out. Oh, wow. But mm. I get it. That's pretty – it's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm committed to who I am, uh, and I yeah. think anyone should be. If you want to be a fucking parent, commit wholeheartedly and be a great goddamn parent. And I, and I think champion Lindsay, you to do it. I think Lindsay has done that. She's great truly, mom. Great truly, mom. she's perfect. Yeah, she's a great mom. I yeah. would. I I knew that right away. I was like, you will be a good mom. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna be a mom. There's some people I know that like you'd be a good mom, but you'll never be one because you don't want it. Um, and then there's some people that like you would be a terrible mom, and you're definitely gonna be, a mom. and that's true of dads <laughs> or too. The best there's, combination. I'm like, oh, you're gonna be a shit dad. The best combination is you would be a terrible mom, and it's probably gonna happen because <laughs> they're gonna get knocked out. Yeah, <laughs> that's the worst combination. Yeah. The best you can hope for there is that they find a shitty dude so they don't ruin two families. <laughs> that's the best you can hope for, and shitty dudes. They're shitty dudes. They're shitty everybody. Yep, there is. Which is weird because you can't, like, you can't sometimes, people get mad at you when you call, a like, a specific group, like, shitty. Like, a friend of mine is having problems with um, the guy in her life because he's, they just found out a little bit disabled. And now Wait, it's the defense of, like, like he's, uh, he's on the spectrum. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. And... Now he uses an excuse and like you can't call me an asshole. I it's because of this. And it's like no, 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 no. And the world gets mad too sometimes. And it's like no, no, no. Like I've known enough people. Like if you have cerebral palsy, you can be a dickhead. I've 100%. met one. I love the guy. Uh, we get along famously. And the funny thing is, he gets along with me because I won't do shit for him at all. Right. Uh, he was struggling to get into a chair one night. We hadn't been, been drinking yet, and they were at a bar. This is back when I drank and. He couldn't get into his chair right away and like he was just shuffling and waiting and got into his chair and 
Ben, like one of the guys, Ben, was like, dude, what? Like you didn't fucking help him? And I was like, no, he's a grown ass adult. I wouldn't help him with a chair. Like he hasn't even been three beer in yet. If he is three beer and he can't do it, yeah, I'll do it for anybody that's drunk and a friend of mine. And the guy looks at me. He's like, thank you. I'm perfectly fucking capable of getting a chair out for myself. And it is patronizing. There you go. Well, yeah, they've been doing this their whole whole life. life. This is his life. I'm not always going to be there. And is it a nicety if I do it? Maybe. But it doesn't necessarily mean. Like I I had a buddy in a wheelchair come and speak at a school. He's like, sometimes you want to help us. And it's like, that's great. But I don't think you're there. I don't know you're there. And someone tipped his chair because he was going through a doorway. And he knew how much force to put to get over the ledge because this is life. Somebody went to help him and fucked up his chair. And like he fell down. And he was like, I get what the intention is. But like you don't understand this. Yeah. So, like, damage has to match damage. I know stuff about cerebral palsy because, like, dude got cerebral palsy. Told me about were, it. Were you cl- closer friends with him? Or, like, no, we were, just de- like, we were just yeah. casual boys. Like, I would see him at a bar for a beer with some other guys and, like, yeah. did it, like, four or five times. Whenever I'm in situations like that, I always ask. Like, I'll just be like, did you, like just let me know if you need help. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that, like, sometimes, because sometimes you don't know. I don't know the and etiquette. You feel, you feel awkward. I'm not a, I'm, there's an etiquette, and you can know it if you're in that world, and a lot of people get mad sometimes when you don't yeah. know their world's etiquette, but I'm sorry. I'm not a part of that world. I will learn it. I'm happy to learn it. I will adapt. Yeah. I will become better, but, like, don't get mad at me because I don't know yet because world's a big place. World's big. There's a lot of you different can, etiquettes. You can be the plug-in for a lot of different things. Okay. I didn't choose that one. I don't know anything about it. I might support it. I don't give a fuck about so many issues in the world. Um, past, I support this. I do not support this. That is sometimes my level of engagement. You want me to vote for it? You want me to talk about it? You want me to agree with you? You want me to do small actions to get it going? Absolutely. But I'm not going to be out there championing the cause because yeah. I don't care because I'm caring about something else. And there's other issues that you don't care about. Exactly. You might that, be, that we're not – yeah. like – I, I have case. met environmental activists that care absolutely nothing about women's rights. I have met women's rights that care nothing about environmentalists. I've met yeah. men's rights activists that literally don't care about anything but their dick. Uh, just to yeah. throw shade at men's rights. Uh, I actually yeah. do agree with some of their arguments, but generally speaking, it's just a group where angry dudes are. Uh, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. No, no. You can care about men's stuff and not be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna keep doing that and selling it with the face because the argument about like men are underrepresented underrepresented in divorce that's true and you should say that what do you mean men are financially destroyed by divorce and usually are restricted from ever seeing their kids and the system is yeah, completely biased to men that's a that thing we correct. should talk about but when the next post down is that women are bitches that use you for money and you say thought and all of like feminazi like you just completely dis destroyed the first point that i agreed with yeah and now i don't want to agree with you ever yeah and yeah you can like and but there's in every community there's that toxicity that comes out sometimes because when you have a generalized community you will get toxic people in it but some are just real toxic and you should police your own community uh i have no engagement in your community so i probably don't know about it but can you imagine if we all cared about everything we would get nothing done and we there's nothing. too much to care about. You can't nothing. care about everything. It's impossible because there is – we live in such a big world. I could care about workers' rights in India and Malaysia. I don't know if those are bad countries. I'm just picking random countries. I could worry about workers' rights in Russia. I could worry about unionization in Canada. I could like, – that's just yeah. in work vein. I could worry about – um like sex tri- trafficking and I could worry about – and like all of these are legitimate great things to care about. But if I cared about literally every single one of them – 
I you get nothing I, I actually couldn't. You, yeah. I'd get to a point where I'm like, I literally can't take on another issue. There's nothing yeah. I can do. And I do see people do that in their life um, and then not be able to accomplish anything. Yeah. I do see people that are so much grief junkies or cause junkies that they don't do anything. And that's fine. If you want to do something that deep, I would say get into that world and get a job in that world. Even if it doesn't pay that well, at least that becomes your primary cause. But like I've also seen people like failing at a lot of things because they care about the wrong things. I've seen people with businesses that they cared about too much mm-hmm. not maintain their life. I've seen, you know, people that care about work too much and disregard their health. Like we it's a balance. Yeah. You you only have so much time, you only have so many hours, you only have so much brain. There's only so many things you can focus and care on and do well at. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with picking any of them. But, like, generally, you should also just agree when it's, like, you don't care, but, like, you agree. Like, hey, this thing. I'm like, yes. That's – that yes is all you're probably going to get from me. But when it becomes an important yes, yeah. I'm getting a weird message, so I'm just going to – You're running out of dick dick space. Dick Dick space! space. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to do a quick pause. Just love one topic real hard. Um – you ever realize that if the internet went down tomorrow, we'd lose almost all of our knowledge? Yeah, it's yeah. scary. Knowledge has never been more fragile. We used to have books. Yeah. A fire destroyed the books, but there might be another copy. If the internet was ever gone. Have you seen Twitter yeah. when Instagram goes down? Hilarious. Because it yep. is, wow. I work, I work in software. I've seen my work when Azure, the cloud <laughs> server, goes down. I've seen my work. I've seen all internet work when AWS goes down and like Twitter's down, Slack's down, intercom's down. Uh, every tool, your, your own server might be down. Uh, I've it's had, I've, panic. I've been an online worker. We have a redundant Gmail setup. So we'll go to there. A bunch of us have each other on Facebook. So we'll start messaging on Facebook to get work done. Yeah. Um, we'll do whatever we have to do to keep going until it all goes down. Yeah. Um, like I've told clients before, they're like, hey, it's down and they're mad and they think it's our fault. I'm like, actually, like 10% of the internet's down. Um, <laughs> you might see this on the news later and they're like, oh, this is not your fault. We're good. And they, j- I've never had a client be like, that's unacceptable. They'll just be like, oh, so like the world, internet this is, is a world issue. I'm like, yes, 10% of the internet might be gone right now. You know now. what I do as soon as my, I notice that the internet's not working? I make sure I paid my bill. Yes. I play the little T-Rex game first. What's that? In Chrome, when you have no internet, you know that dinosaur appears? Yes. You hit the space bar, there's a game. You make the dinosaur jump trees and birds. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Little game. And I, that's if the internet is down? Yeah. And I'll play it on airplanes sometimes. I'll open my How browser. Does that work if the internet is down? Because it's just stored in the browser. Like I'll just like load the game and do do. Oh it's like the internet's gosh. not here, so the the dinosaur's there. And as long as the dinosaur's there, you can hit spacebar. Google has put so many little games. There used to be uh, a block crusher game oh, in um, in Gmail for like a day. Really? In calendar, in calendar. So your calendar objects would become falling things, and you had to shoot lasers at them to destroy them. That was there for like a day, and it was lit. I love that. Google hides all hides all little jokes. Like if you write recursion, um, which is a software term for when things keep happening in a row, like recursion, mm. recursion, recursion. Like your your loop is caught. Yeah. Um, if you type recursion into Google, it asks, "Do you mean recursion?" Yeah. And it's the exact same sales, search results. Yeah. Um, if you type askew, Google loads slightly askew. Sometimes during the year, if you type like frost or winter, uh, usually there's a special keyword. It'll start to like snow on your search God results. Damn, I am like so curious. Um, 
Yeah, a lot of them are inbuilt to Google, but some of them used to be done um, by Google bombing, which is where you would create enough res- like results and things in the Google pattern history that it would auto-direct somewhere. So like if you typed biggest moron in the universe, it would go to like George W. Bush oh. <laughs> when you hit I'm feeling lucky. Oh, yeah. And I that was a that. user injected. And so there's also ways to do that with Google's image results. So if you can get enough keywords associated with an image like moron, it might show President Trump. And then, so, like, it doesn't always, like, not all of it works, but, like, you can get them up high enough. They did that to the writers of Game of Thrones. Yeah, When probably. people were pissed off at the finale. Yeah. Like, if you typed in bad writing. Yeah. They're, I, actually, I'm curious. I wonder if it's still. If you look idiot, yes. second image result is Trump. Trump. And so, this is something that users generate to, but, like, back in the day, you could take a conscious effort yes. and get it to work. Um, and you can't as much anymore. But Google, if you type askew, A-S-K-E-W. And just regular search? Yeah. I think that's how you spell askew. It's been a while. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Nothing pisses me off more than shit like that. That yeah. would drive me crazy. And if you type in uh, recursion, do you mean recursion? Same spelling. Forever. Google made a recursion joke on the recursion Shut search result. Up. Yeah. So there's I little jokes this. like this in Google all the time. Um, I love like, if, that. yeah. So like, there's a bunch of them. You can. Uh, I don't know if any of the winter ones. Some of them are just seasonal. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's. I don't think these are the right words for it. But right. if you type in, um, like Google search jokes, some of these might be the Google Map jokes. So like, there's sometimes jokes in Google Map, uh, like people planted at locations, or there used to be one in the UK. There was the Doctor Who phone booth, and you could go inside it. Oh, wow. Um, so Google hides Easter eggs and all their stuff. And then there's like search ones like recursion. I um, love that. I love shit like that. Yeah. That is so cool. And then there's user generated ones. Like there's people that see the Google car and moon and then look for themselves and they find themselves. Ah! Um, Wait, Google car where? Like if you see a Google car mm-hmm. driving around like that does street mapping. Yeah. Yeah. People see those and do stuff. Oh, my like, God. Like there's been so robberies cool. caught on it. There's been people mooning. Um, uh. <laughs> there's been people on Reddit in Halifax that find themselves in it and post it on Reddit and then that becomes content. And sometimes, yeah, and sometimes they might not see the car. Yeah. But they, they're just happen. Oh my God. Yeah. That's crazy. So there's a lot of like little weird, interesting, interesting How things often on the internet. they update that Google Maps? Cannot remember. I don't know. But I've I seen wonder. the car like at least twice in my life. Really? Yeah. And I know that it exists because if be. you search your parents' house on Google Street View, you can see your parents' house. I don't, I don't know. I don't think mine shows up. And I know that it's a couple of years back since they last did my road because my dad's old truck is in it. He doesn't have that truck anymore. Oh, yeah? Oh, the internet. I know, right? It's fucking weird. I, I recently took a break from it. Well, 48 it. hours. It's worth it. Uh, <laughs> unplugs are a less good thing. Than, it was, it was yeah. less than two days. But they're important. Uh, I frequently uninstall social networks from my phone. I frequently turn them off. I like I have to. The only yeah. thing I really don't turn off is Messenger, and that's because I have friends I talk to on there. Messenger is a tricky one. Would be a tricky one to get rid of. Yeah, you can't. You can't really. You yeah. can't do that. Yeah, most of the people I like, most people I talk to is on Messenger. And oddly enough, then there's like other friends that it's like only Instagram DMs, and I'm hoping to like navigate those people to like another platform because it's not the best messaging no it's super not and it because it doesn't have a web client and they're no. looking at bringing a web client uh i know that because i used to work in that world but most instagram communities are run on um like other applications like whatsapp and uh there was one i was i used that had groupings but i can't remember the name of it so yeah. in- instagram influencers have secret groups that you don't know about oh that's crazy that Ooh, we all I... connect and we all 
conspire to share things and we all work on like an independent vein like so you connect with another instagram influencer or account type and then you form a partnership and they ask you if you're on a group and there's whole groups of influencers in each space that talk to each other and will influence and, that's and share job. cross-pollinate posts and um talk about product deals and placement deals and it's all usually run off instagram on like a secondary app because the the messenger isn't that great um so Holy when crap. i when i did uh entrepreneurship uh one of the times i did i did an entrepreneurial thing uh hustle and grind we were part of a bunch of of chat groups with other influencers in the mm-hmm. entrepreneurship space and you know, we got our content shared by and like sometimes it doesn't always matter. Like yeah. it, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it gets you a lot of views. Um, we had big names in our space that would share really? our content. Yep. And it it mattered. We so got an image. Share your content. Is so that like, they'll repost? find your they'll repost your content or you'll make a deal. We'll shout out your account with one of your images. You shout us out and it cross pollinates our our follower base. So we get some of your followers. You get some of our followers. Right. And in that case, sometimes you might have to pay or if you're the same size account, maybe you can trade or you can work out like four posts for two or like different kind of transactional deals, whatever you right. can to get the deal done. Um, and yeah, whole niches exist like that. It must be stressful though, like relying on likes and engagement like that. Well, it doesn't that, always work. Yeah. Um, like I can make you like something because it feels good or I can make you like something because it, it, it feels good and will sell. It's hard to yeah. do both. Um, but you can do both. I mean, yeah. um, Oreo reactive storytelling is a concept where you make something like rather quickly as a reaction to what's going on in the world. Oreo made a joke when the lights went out at like a football game and it did very well. Um, like reactionary storytelling does very, very well. And it does. And reaction videos. Reaction videos to, is a bit, of a, con- bit of a different vein, but yeah, same concept. Same idea. Like if a music video comes out, if you don't do yeah. a reaction video within 24 hours of that music video, it's yeah, probably going to, it's probably going to be wrong. Yeah. And yeah. it used to be, I remember when YouTube first was doing stuff like that, they used to post reaction videos to things in little, um, sub images under an image or under right. a video. And there became reaction, I think they were called reaction video girls. And they always made sure they had cleavage in the shot. And it would get more traffic, obviously. Yeah. And so the joke became that cleavage was important to your your thumbnail. Really? Oh, I want to test this and do a reaction video with cleavage. And it, does, it doesn't, I mean, it's still, all internet media has some version of, of like self-prostitution, whether you're a guy or a girl. I think guys are easier to get into that so yeah generally you see more women doing it but yeah it changed how they displayed videos for reactions and now reactions are independent videos that you would search for and they still have a thumbnail and thumbnails still do well based on their content content and if it looks engaging and there's a whole art to making those um so that they convert um but you know they can be done in many styles and one of them for reaction video used to be cleavage uh i don't know if it still is i so haven't funny. maintained wow. any knowledge of that space since years that's, back. That's interesting. But yeah, so like there's a whole world of influence and engagement and marketing styles in that that no one really looks at. Like if you look at video game uh Insta- or YouTube, like you'll see a very specific style a lot. You'll see like a game shot, maybe their head in it and then like a huge like written title that might be different from the actual title it might be the same as the actual title yeah but it's another way to engage you and back in the day instagram used to also have like locations that you could write anything in and it didn't off the 
It didn't auth anything. So people would frequently use it as a another way to put another line of marketing in. So we would write something that was engaging in that location and it would also be there. And then they eventually caught on and changed it so like I, I at one point made two thousand dollars in a month off Instagram. How? You can't do it anymore. Not the way we did it because the the algorithm has changed and everything is different. How did you make money then, though? We were selling ebooks for pay what you want. We were selling an ebook, uh, an ebook that we made. Was free an option? Was, uh, free was an option. Yep, and we made two thousand dollars. And month. people still bought, paid. Yep. One guy paid a hundred dollars. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, because like, so, I would always be the person to pay. And you can't do it as much anymore. <laughs> You can't do it as much anymore um, because they changed the algorithm. But we would basically post about the product, post some content about the product, um, put a link in the bio, drive traffic to link in bio, say yeah. it was free or pay what you want. And we would write different copy to see which converted better into money. And people would click on it and they would download the book. And if they liked it, sometimes they paid or if they paid up front, that was also fine. And we were probably selling like four or five different books at one point and different one of them were Different ones were, you know, doing better than others and some yeah. made more money than others. Um, I know that my my partner still uses one that he had before I came on. He wrote that one and it was like 60 side hustles to make money. Yeah. And we did that pay what you want for a while. And yeah, we made probably like $500 off that book in like a month, two months. And that's not amazing money stretched over two months, but it's money that you're making that all you had to do was develop an Instagram yeah. account and get followers and followers that were on your brand. So that's influencer marketing and that's kind of like marketing on a vein or like I don't necessarily sell that stuff anymore because um, I find the space very busy um, oh, yeah. in the business influencer world. Like we've all probably seen consulting.com ads or drop shipping ads on on YouTube. Yeah. Um that whole world of style of marketing is a thing like that I do know decently well. Like I know about the tools that they use. I know the landing page tools that you can use. Um I know how to use them for regular marketing, for influencer marketing, for personal branded marketing. Mm-hmm. Um all of them usually based on on monetization um of something. Right. Like, but yeah, like I and I, I, it's the same marketing that works for the guy walking on the beach, telling you how you can work less and and make more and be your own boss. Like that style of ad. Do you respond well? To I that? don't, but but that's because I know how it works. Yeah, no, I know. Um, I I go, oh, another one, and I'm betting if I click this, it'll take me to a like. A landing page, and I'm betting that landing page is going to be made by this company. And I'm like, oh, yes, it is. It's crazy. Like, I yeah. remember all the tools. Like, I was yeah. – uh, have you ever gone to a blog and it's like add a notification on your yeah. Chrome? Yeah. I was I, – I started using that two months after it released. Right. I had the better version of it. There was a secondary version. You had to install a file that would make something like a browser native one. So we did that because it worked better. Uh-huh. We we had that before most sites had that. I, I know how to do those – like, you know, those really annoying like – when you go to a site and there's like a full page ad before you get to the content. Yeah. yeah, I know what tool that is and I've used that tool. And I know how to use that tool correctly, not always used correctly. I know how to use all of those and I remember how they all work. And when I'm targeted by stuff like that, I can usually guess or not be surprised when I hit that page and go, yep, Makes I remember sense. that tool. I remember yeah. how that tool works. Uh, we used it for a slightly different purpose, but I know how you're using it and I know how you're driving that traffic. 
I know how you're trying to create urgency with a t- uh, countdown timer. Uh, I know how you're trying to, you know, make it seem very pressing that this occur in the video. I know that the video is probably aligned right with a sign up button aligned left. I know that it's probably a very long page, what I would refer to as a super scroller with multiple points of ingress the whole way down the page. Right. Um, yeah, I can usually just, I can draw them. So I'm like, that's crazy. Like, I know what those pages look like because, and I know that they're all templates. Yeah. Because I've seen the same template used by other people and that template must be converting particularly well at that point with that, like that user base. Um, and that's just like the information selling area. There's also influencer marketing for like products and stuff. And I've done that as well. Um, Man, it's just like, so, like, I just, I don't know how they, like their whole life is Instagram. And I, like, I mean, I get overwhelmed with it just doing this podcast and having to post frequently. Yeah. Like, it must just be, I mean, you know, granted, I guess I got to consider, too, that, like, this is their full-time job most times. So this Not is, always, and sometimes... Not always. And also, like, it's very fake. Like, it is theater in some ways. There's an, inf- an Instagram influencer that an article came out about him that his mom was working, like, two jobs to pay for his lifestyle. So was that... So it was, like, it was, was his fake. lifestyle, like... Like equipment, it's tattoos, and travel, and beaches, and living that like influencer life, and just to then get... you find out that it's completely fake. Like I've I've yeah. taken like I know marketing people that will retweet things at a conference that they're not at, so that people think that they're there, so they get traffic <laughs> and they use the the hashtag, and it's a great way to get influence. But it is sometimes disingenuous. It is sometimes fake, and, and that's people what don't takes see me that. out of it. Like, as soon as I see sponsored or, like, yeah. whatever, like, I'm usually taken right out of it. I prefer to see sponsor. Now, I want you to tell me that it's sponsored because when you don't tell me it's sponsored, that's worse. Well, but what about if someone, like, let's say someone has a platform yeah. with a following. Yeah. Like, let, okay, let, let's use YouTube as an example. If they do a YouTube video and they, like, happen to mention a product and literally it was not sponsored. That's fine. But I if, like that if, better. If you are going to do sponsored content, oh, you should say that. You you have to, you sh- you have to yeah. uh, in some places, and you you should definitely, and it makes it more genuine because you can say, "Look, this is sponsored," but I also get to pick and choose what I do sponsored deals on. I chose this one because I really like I like it. it. Yeah. Um. Or and then there's some influencers that just they they hot crap. Um, but there's some that are great. There's some that develop their own product. Um, Adam M. Adam, I can't remember his last name. It's, I think it's Italian and I'm bad at remembering last names. Uh, Alpha M on YouTube. He's a okay. men's YouTuber about style and fitness and lifestyle and blah, 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 blah. Okay. He does reviews of all kinds of products for guys and he did, um, like moisturizer and skincare. He then came out with his own line on a subscription block pa- platform called Tiege Hanley that does quite well. And so he was able to take his influencer space and build a product that fit the space right. and would allow him to still carry on his content. And in the regular, he's like, I care about skincare so much. Here's the different price point review. But also I have my own that I didn't price out the cheapest, but I think is really good. And I also right. systematized it. And so he was able to anal- analyze his space and come up with something that would be a product in there. Like that's very similar to the concept of selling merch. I'm yeah. surprised more places aren't selling merch because merch is really easy to do. Um, it's mostly just file uploads. Like if you wanted to do intoxicated merch, I could set up a store that pulled in the Printful API and would send orders from a WooCommerce site to a company that would get the money and they would 
take their percentage of the money and they would do all the shipping for you. I've done that. I was I've wondering created, about yeah, how podcasters very easy do, do that. Do. Very easy to do. So would you, like, let's say I'm selling an intoxicated t-shirt for 20 bucks. Yeah. How much, like, do I get any of that money? Or yes. is it, does it yes, all you do. go? It, oh. it depends on how you price it. It depends on how you do a lot of things. Right. But you can build, say, a Shopify site, which you shouldn't because it'll cost you more money at this point. But you could do commerce yeah. for free. And you could pull in the Printful, I think, still does it. API. I haven't done this in years. Um, and they give you a, a template uh, of how big your design needs to be and how it'll fit. And they show you a mock-up. And you might want to order a couple samples, but generally they're okay. They're not mm-hmm. amazing, but you're pricing them accurately. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a Canadian company, I think, that does it. I can't remember the name. Printful's American. So you have to charge in US dollars or pay something and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you can do it. And there's like cheaper options. Like I think Zillow is another one. I might oh, be using the I've name wrong. Yeah, yeah, but there's yeah. low cost ones. There's high cost ones. Um, and generally speaking, you're outsourcing. You're taking less, you're taking in less money, but you don't have the financial burden of, carrying those products right um i know people i know a girl uh who makes like a thousand dollars a month some months of the year by selling uh t-shirts books uh, book templates coffee mugs on amazon she makes designs in photoshop she loads them to amazon amazon makes all the products oh my god cool yeah and she'll do variants and she's learned basic level scripting in browser so that she can automate uploads of files and it'll work through like a csv of this 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 and it'll pour it all over and run yeah so you can start to bot it you can make it quicker um specifically if you're care like like scaling up a lot of things yeah Um, that's fascinating yeah so like again you can do that with merch very easily um you make less money okay and you're selling through another company and not your own you have less control but it's it's less of your time less of your time and it's something you can set up you'd still make some money yeah set up in a weekend and you can still make money and you can always change it yep just like ebooks um you could write an ebook on how to set up a podcasting studio and you could put it up tomorrow uh for pay what you want and you could start working towards being an influencer in the space you would write uh five tips for um production issues i already have that on um, my blog for free yep Fuck. but you can make all of those posts and you use the posts and you share the posts um as content that gets them in and then you sell them a larger piece of content or you give them a larger piece of content as a trade for information so if i wanted to make a 20 page ebook i might not charge you for that i might make it pay what you want i might give it away for free but i'll give it away so i can get information from you that information being your email when i have that email i can put you into a drip campaign with a drip campaign which is ongoing and persistent emails i can send you an email a week to drive you towards a product purchase maybe you buy that product in week one drip campaign goes away Maybe you don't. Maybe you put put it in a cart and I continue to market to you. There's a million little ways that you can build this so mm-hmm. that you get something or you're gaining something. You can sell it for a fee. You can – and you start using your platform. Essentially, your platform, the thing that you're doing becomes a secondary thing. Like so Intoxicated becomes one part of your brand and your brand is also an expert podcaster who built their own following yeah. and blah, 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 blah. You spin that enough. You lie enough. You can become an influencer in the space. Maybe huh. you have enough actual success. You can become an influencer. But also right. you can say like anybody that is under you. Okay, anybody that's less experienced than you will view you as an expert. And so you are actually an expert only to a point. You're a micro expert, essentially. And so you can lead people up to your point. But hopefully by the time they get to your point, you've moved ahead again. Um, there's men's fashion influencers that do YouTube videos that will show, you know, how to put an outfit together, how, how to wear rings for men, what those ring meanings, like how, what rings work well, how to combine metals, um, how to build an outfit around a single accessory. And they may sell you 
Okay, they might show you a featured ring from a company that sponsored the video. You're getting a lot of useful information, but right. you have a product deal in there. So maybe it's sunglasses. Um, maybe it's an inorganic one that doesn't fit to your content. It's just a brand deal. Um, you find an online company that's doing sunglass sales and you make a deal with them. You'll be our featured advertiser for two months. You give me a referral code. Any sale that you get from my referral code or my referral page, you make, I make 5%. Right. Something like that. Dollar Shave Clubs does it. Audible does it. Um, I would love for something like that. Yeah, but there's also there's lower tier ones of those. There's men's ring companies, there's shitty jewelry shops, there's Shopify yeah. pages, there's any any um small micro brand, someone drop shipping. Like there's a lot of ways that they're trying to move product and you can make money if you are making them money. Um, and that's affiliate marketing. Affiliate marketing is an entire world of money. Um, I hate it a lot, yeah. uh, but it sometimes really works. And if you're giving me valuable content, right, right, or you make your own content that becomes the product or you make a product, um, that's how you can so- sort of monetize being an influencer. A lot of influencers also trade their time for space. So like I'm an influencer. I have so many followers. Let me give me 36 shirts for free and I'll sell them and it'll expose your brand or let me take photos at your resort. I'll stay there for a day. Sometimes that doesn't work. I've seen influencers with millions of users fail to sell 36 t-shirts, but I've seen coffee cup sales generated by an influencer. I've, cause I literally had it work. Um, I've had, you know, I've seen a lot that work and don't work. I've seen some places that are firmly against it. I've seen some people that try and rework it to a referral deal. Some influencers don't get the business and they're, they're saying, I want X, Y, and Z, and I will get you whatever. If you build into the deal that you don't get anything unless they get anything, then you have a higher chance of getting the deal with a lower level brand because you're you're outlying how they're going to do it or you're finding brands that already do it. Yeah. Um, and so there's a whole market of that. And there's oh, chat nice. rooms for it. There's subreddits for it. There's mastermind groups. Mastermind groups are a great way to build an audience because there's a concept called a thousand true fans. I don't need millions of fans to get rich. I only need a thousand people to give me a hundred bucks. Then I'm rich. Er. So at that point, you have a thousand true fans. So you need to generate the thousand true fans. So you're not really looking at getting a mass of, of users. You're trying to monetize the users that you can get. So you build an influencer group or a Facebook group, a mastermind group on any topic that you think is centered on what you do. And you get them to engage. You invite people to it. You say it's a closed group. They get something for going there. Maybe it's a free course or a free ebook. You get them into that platform. They can discuss the idea. They have touch time with you. You can do AMAs. If you're enough of an authority and say the marketing space, you can say, make a post. I have 20 minutes. Tell me your small business concerns and I will help you. And I can answer questions for 20 minutes. That just generated content for the group, meaning that you can go to that group and you can learn things on that topic. So you can build in building the community while building the content. And while you do this, you can monetize by selling ancillary products or just finding some way to monetize those fans. Um, and there's nothing, and I should say too, there's nothing wrong if with you're monetizing a, a passion no, project. If you're, if you're I feel like people, giving something real. I feel like people sometimes think you're not being authentic. If yeah. you, and it's like, for me, like, I want to make money to put back into this. Yeah. Like, and yes, it would be amazing if it got successful enough to where it would be disposable income or it would be additional yeah. income for me. But like, I want to get a DSLR camera. I want to get a Zoom recorder. Like, there's all these things I want to get. That shit ain't cheap. Yeah. If you want to make quality content, it's not cheap. No. And let's just also, like, really enjoy the fact that, you know, honesty is important. If you mm-hmm. can fake that, you can fake anything. 
And that's partially what authenticity is. Anybody you like manufactured authenticity. Um, like yeah. anytime you watch a YouTube video and they're like, shout out to Beard Army, smash the like button, follow the note, hit the notification, <laughs> leave a, a comment. Like that is manufactured authenticity. You're, you're creating an in-group, out-group theory when you give the name to your fans of Beard Army. Uh, you are then making them, uh, look and believe into that. You've increased the chance that they'll buy merch to identify with their in-group more. They will now push the in-group motive to more people in the out-group. You've told them yeah. to take a few small actions and you've given a benefit to them, but you've also shown there's a benefit for you, but you've asked them to engage. If I ask you to engage in any way, that might feel good. That might feel genuine. If I go to the comments and reply to your comments, Comments. I'm again giving you more incentive to give me comments because I actually engage. I'm a YouTube influencer that you can get a hold of in a certain space for a certain length of time. That drives quicker comments because I only comment back on new videos, meaning that you want to get yes. there early and often, which means you want a notification. So you now have a notification so you can be the first to comment. So I'll reply to you. Because people love being the first to comment. Yes, but sometimes it's <clears throat> it's type- a bragging point, but sometimes it's like they'll type first Sometimes they get there just to ask the influencer a question with a greater percent chance that you respond. It's like responding to a celebrity's tweet as yeah. soon as they post it. They have way better chance. And sometimes I, I bank on being funny. Funny is hard. Um, yeah. I've gotten uh, – I'm followed by Kim.com, a New Zealand billionaire or millionaire that is big in the tech world who is currently in a huge legal battle with the U.S. government. At one point, he only filed, followed 5,000 people. Now he follows something in the 20,000 range, I think. But oh, when he only followed 5,000 people, I was one of them wow. because I made Kim.com laugh. Laugh. Yeah, yeah. What did, what did you say? I have no clue. <laughs> this was years back, but it yeah, actually yeah. came up two years later in an interview. Really? I was in a job interview and I had connected with the guy, one of the guys that was interviewing me and one of the women that was interviewing me. And the guy sent me an email to say, hey, I have to ask you a question. It has nothing to do with the job interview. I was like, Mm. sure. He goes, how did you get Kim.com to follow you? And I was like, oh, I made him laugh. That's all I did. I've gotten a tweet back from Ice-T. I got a tweet back from Ice-T. Like Ice-T <laughs> thought it was funny that I said something. And like I remember it's such being a great in, I was in bed it's with someone feeling. and they were like, oh, how was your day? And we talked and we were just about to go to bed. I was like, oh, yeah, Ice-T tweeted me back. And she was just like, how did what? you not lead with that? How is that not the opener of your day? And I was like, fair, I guess. Yeah, sure. It feels so good. It feels – but that's yeah. – again, that's that's manufactured authenticity. Even if it's authentic, you're you're replying back. You're generating – you're making authenticity. You're making it feel real. You're making it feel like there's a connection. You're strengthening the bond. And that is part of influencer marketing. And some people build it to be influencers and some people are just influencers. Um, if you watch Entourage from like 2007, 2006, Vince gets his party sponsored by Turtle Goes and gets Vince's party sponsored by like Sky Vodka and all these brands to get right. a ridiculous party. And he has to take like a photo with a Sky Vodka bottle at his birthday cake when the le- like the the candles are still lit before he blows them out. And that's a traded shot. That's influencer marketing back in 2007. That is what that was. Exactly. Yeah. And we have always done this. And it's just now that regular people can become an influencer by virtue of being an influencer. Yeah. You used to have to be important. Not necessarily. There were some people that were just tastemakers. Um, but it's hard to just be a tastemaker. In a digital world, it's way easier because you can you can target people. I can use hashtags to make sure that I show up. And that's why influencers will also use motivation. As a big thing. So, like, if you look at an influencer, they will have 
posted content that is making them money. They will have shots of themselves doing something that justifies their influencer stake, but they will also have feel-good motivational bullshit that they'll then use hashtags in those spaces to get new followers from the motivational world. Oh, gosh. That's crazy. So, like, yeah, yeah. That, and you can do that with multiple genres. That's just one example. But you can do it in the fitness world. You can do it in the content world. You can do it in the marketing world. Um, you can do it in a bunch of different worlds. Just control the hashtags, make the content relevant. And so by expanding the brand of what you do, you can sometimes bleed into other areas. And as long as it's true to your core message, you can get away with it. And right. so that's a big part of influencer marketing that most people don't know. And I really didn't think I talked this much about work. I love I love I, it. By the way, you're this hasn't been my job in years. Yeah. In years. <laughs> I know. Well, it's interesting what you're saying, though, because recently, um, and specifically, and I mean, YouTubers, I guess, are influencers in yep. a way, but um, recently a famous gamer YouTuber committed suicide, and he uploaded an eight-minute video before he did, Yeah, talking about how much social media got to him, yep. and apologizing, and all, and all this, and it's just insane to me how stressed out and depressed YouTubers are because it's so such a hard, I, I think it would be a hard thing to do to constantly be on constantly creating things, yep. constantly go, go, go. And the mental health that must go into that. Whew. Yeah. And how often do you record a week? Whew. Well, I mean, I should be recording once or twice. But let's a week. be honest here. Like there's, there's stress in anything you're doing. Um, yeah. The stress of celebrity is is the cost of what you are doing. The risk of celebrity is the cost of what you're doing. I don't do a lot of personal branding things um, for myself. I know how it works, and I'm I'm decent at it. I can tell you how to build a personal brand, and I can show you the tools to do it. I worked in a business where my partner wanted me to become more of a personal brand, and I said no. Like I, branding I yourself? Like yeah. As I, a I don't person. really like being a concept of an influencer. I've never really liked the idea. Um, I never wanted to put my own personal branding out there other yeah. than content as related to what I thought. Um, but beyond that, I didn't really care. Um, and I don't think you should. And I, I think people do and that's fine. They make money from it. Um, but I, I have no interest in it. Um, also like my life isn't that great. Like I've been an idiot sometimes. Like the last thing I want is to become an influence. Like, let's be real here. We all have skeletons in our closet. The bigger a brand you get, the bigger the risk of your life being destroyed by something that you did. And that's a cost of you having done the thing. Yeah. Absolutely. But also the internet has a long memory lately um and they're going back to like 2006 2007 and finding tweets yeah. from current artists and then getting mad it's like you you realize those those people aren't even alive anymore yeah like th- those people they're dead effectively they are a completely different person it has been years they yeah. have like go back and watch Eddie Murphy's raw i think it's the raw special where he says faggot like 20 times in the opener or like just ridiculous times and it's so denigrating and it's like yeah this is horrible but do you think he would say that today do you think he even believes it today they're completely Liam landscape. got in trouble for um admitting to having a racist thought right like one of his friends got hurt by a black guy he like had this thought in his head he was going to do something about it if like any he, he was like genuinely in an interview he's like i was racist i realized yeah. i was being racist and he's like and that's wrong Yes, that's a powerful story. You have just said that you can come back from racism and that racism is a wrong thought and that you need to work on it and you need to be a better person. That's a great story. People got mad at him for having had a racist (sighs) thought. Fuck you. Yeah, this is the fucking day and age that we're in right now. People got mad at Good Robot. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, what is 
going Good on Robot that? is the most liberal bar I've ever fucking been to. And I like that it exists in the community. Yeah. And you want to get mad at them because one bad thing happens? You can't have one strike well, what, in this what, world? What, Fuck they you. didn't do anything wrong, though. From they what did I, nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong. the situation. And it's like, even if they did do something wrong, you're going to get mad at a business for one thing. I know, it's ridiculous. Ignore a whole track record, take nothing of context, and that is the outrage society that we live in. And that is, and it was funny to see it happen at a bar that, in my opinion, (laughs) is one of the most liberal leftist hotbeds in the city. And I say that, and I'm liberal. But it is, like, call it what it is. Yeah. It is that. Yeah. And... You're, it's the snake eating itself. Don't eat yourself. Like, you, yeah. you, you, you admit that there was a problem. You maybe make a comment. You, you, hopefully they change, but you don't get that level of outraged. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, fuck. <laughs> well, the idea too of like, um, I've spoke openly about mental health on social media. And so, for whatever reason, I now feel the need to talk about it. Because I've already gone there. Like, I, I went there. Yeah. People view me in that way. Yeah. They have their opinion of me. Yeah. I've lost friends over it. <laughs> yeah. Because people, some people don't like it. Yeah. Um, but it's this weird thing where, like, you know, like, I'm I'm on the wait list for therapy. So I did an Instagram story being like, oh, this is fucking ridiculous. But wait list for therapy. Like, you know, just like a quick yep. little rant about, like, the mental health system and how it's ridiculous. And, and then immediately I was like, shouldn't have posted that. But people are expecting it. Well, I mean, in one breath, you're fighting for something that you believe in and that is affecting you and you're you're showing a real issue in the it's world. It's vulnerable, okay? yeah. You're being vulnerable, but it's also valuable. Okay, the world needs that, okay? Um, but at the same breath, just because you did it once doesn't mean you owe the world that content. Yes. Right? You yeah, don't owe true. yourself that exposure. Like, And I, I have to keep telling myself that because I yeah. think that that's something that I struggle with. Well, it's... It's putting up appearances. It's putting up appearances, it's expressing rage, it's part virtue signaling, it's part a lot of things. There's a lot of things that go into a post, consciously. There's a lot of factors that make you do it, that make us all do it. And sometimes it's for the right, and sometimes it does good, and sometimes it's horseshit. Um, yeah. But we all do it. Um, sure. And But you, you don't – no one's owed that from you. Like if you don't want to post about it, if you don't want to respond, you don't want to talk about it, you just want to say one thing and get out of the way. Don't at me is a real thing, and but but people will still at what are you. Your thoughts? But you just ignore them. But what are your thoughts though on like the larger content creators where they have a fan base that are relying on it? Like, let's say something happens. Yeah. Yo, you're not entitled to their content at all. Right, but like if something happens and you should respond to it or apologize or make a statement. Why? Was it, was it really you, bad? Because you have fans. Was it really bad? I mean, am I apologizing to apologize or am I apologizing because what I, I, uh, uh, because I want to feel better or am I apologizing because I, tr- I feel true remorse? That's what's important in an apology. Yeah, that's true. You can apologize for something because you want to feel better about it. You can apologize because it's expected. You can apologize because you felt or perhaps like it was deserved. Sometimes it's providing clarity to fans. Sometimes, yeah, absolutely. But you don't owe them that. Yeah, and that's something I think I have You to owe them that if what you did was bad. Yeah, that's true. You owe atonement for what you did. Yeah. Obviously, everyone does. Yeah, and I felt really fucking bad last weekend when I was, like, not doing anything. And then I had a friend literally say that to me. You don't owe anyone anything. For what you're doing right now, you yeah. do not owe you No one owe pays them. you for this. No Even if they did, you don't, like, you don't yeah. owe anyone. Like, yeah. Like, if, if anyone want, gets paid and wants to say no, do it. Yeah, say no. Do it. Yeah. 
<laughs> there's repercussions. It, it can be also very liberating to say no to things. Oh, saying no is huge. It's great. It feels so great. I've been in startup so long and in business so long that at least once a month, twice a month, someone comes to me with an idea or, or they're talking to me and they get excited about something I said or something they said and they're like, we should do that. And I say no. Yeah. I, I don't owe you my business expertise. I don't owe you mentorship. I don't owe you anything. And I don't owe you my assistance. And I don't owe you doing that project. I'm going to say no because there's other things in my life right now that matter to me more than what you just asked me to do. But there was is – Was this a, just like – oh, sorry. Was this time. in a work situation? No, this just... happens independently. This is okay. because I'm, I've am i been in entrepreneurship. People come to me with an expectation of like, isn't this a great idea? Can't you help me? Um, how about we do it together? Or they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. try and build a project with me. And I, like I have to say no. Right. Um, for my own sanity. Um, but like there is an expectation sometimes that you say yes and people will want you to do things. Like I know that people view, view mentorship as critically important right now for, for young men and, and young women and to be mentored yeah. by someone safely in tech. And I've been asked if I would mentor people and I've done it in the past. I don't do it anymore. And it <clears throat> has nothing to do with, um, any other factor other than I don't have the fucking time and it, it's and hard. And you've chosen to scale down your life a bit. Oh, hugely. Um, and I had to. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to change my lifestyle. I wanted to change how stressed I was. I wanted to change my dependence on caffeine. Um, did I wanted to change. Are you just, did you just cut down on the caffeine? No, God, no. But I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, We're drinking coffee right now. Yeah. I already finished mine because I love coffee. Um, I drink like eight es- espresso a day. Yeah. Yeah, I realized the other day that the reason I might be crashing after work and napping for three hours is the fucking all the Red Bull I drink throughout the day. Yep, it is. Uh, like, go. Uh, you can't make these shows. <laughs> Your today. sister is the one who told yeah. me, by the way. You you can't make these shows today. Um, but if you go back and watch Secret Eaters, um, from the BBC, and if you watch um, Super Size versus Super Skinny. Which is a show on the BBC. Uh, these were reality TV shows uh, on like how people eat more than they think and how a fat person and a super skinny person would be put together and they'd switch diets to see how bad their diet was when someone else was exposed to it. Complete trash television, but it also worked in a couple of narratives of like, here's a super skinny person. They look at- – and they sometimes looked very attractive. And you're like, yeah, they eat a dangerously low amount of calories and they supplement their energy yeah. with caffeine, nicotine – all of the unhealthy things, and it's a great way to lose weight. If you want to learn how to lose weight that healthy all. way, yeah. if it's not healthy, but you can use it. Yeah. But it also educates you a lot of the things that you're doing bad. We don't really make media that makes people feel bad anymore or feel judged anymore because you're not really allowed to do it. Like I say, you can't make those shows today. I don't really think you could. No. At all. I don't think you can make Biggest Loser without pissing somebody off. Health at every but- size is a lie and it's bullshit. Yeah. I'm totally okay with yeah. body positivity. If you are like 300 pounds, you're still awesome. You're still worth it. You still have to love yourself. But there's also nothing wrong with being like, I'd rather be 250. I'd rather be 200. I don't like my love handles. I don't like – It's like body positivity. Like there's this other side of it where people people feel bad about not liking their body. Yeah. And like skinny, like thin privilege, the concept of thin privilege. Like go fuck yourself, you absolute twits. Yeah. Like that person has maybe a choice in their weight. Maybe not. You don't. Maybe, maybe you do. I don't yeah. know. There's genetics. There's Jesus. diet. There's sounds like that trend's right here. Yeah, it's never really been that loud. Hopefully, no one's on the track. But you should still like love yourself. Like absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Like when I was 240, 250 pounds, I still loved who I was. I just also realized that it was you know life is like a box of chocolates. Mm-hmm. It's shorter if you're fat. <laughs> 
<laughs> it lasts way less. Yeah. If yeah. you're fat. How many fucking 90 year old 300 pounders do you see walking around? You see none. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. And so, I didn't want to be that guy anymore. So I lost the weight. But I loved myself the whole way through. I was worth it the whole way through. That's so important is to love yourself at any size. But to also accept the fact that it's okay to be It's okay to better. also have an issue. Yeah. Like body positivity is not just for big people. It's for, you know, amputees, Everyone. disabled people, regular yeah. people, like anybody, anything you have wrong with yourself, yeah. feel good about who you are and know that it's still going to be probably someone's thing and they're going to be cool with it. They're going to love it and they're going to think it's great. It's going to be your thing. You love it. But yeah, accept that there's limitations to it all. Um, And yeah. like. Fuck and A's. confidence is a fucking journey. Health at every size is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, no, it's it's it, when a community goes toxic and starts. It's anti-vax for fat people. Yeah, it's anti-vax for fat people, and I I don't like anti-vax. I don't like like I I love the fact that Nike made the like the big girl yeah model mannequin. I think that's great because you know what, big people do work out. I have workout clothing when I was two hundred fifty pounds, and there is no mannequin for that. But I don't like fat models. I don't get it. Like, I don't get the celebration of it. Um, I'm, I like the, the fact they exist. I think everyone should be represented, but like the championing nature of it, the health at every size nature of it that that brings in and the like, the like, don't talk about fat being bad nature. That's, that's oh, terrifying yeah. groupthink that I am concerned yeah. about because yeah. like, I, I think it's Tess Holiday, Tess Munster. Like, mm. I'm super glad she has a career. I'm super glad there's representation at that size. I'm super glad about all those things. But please do not champion that. Yeah, that's That fair. is dangerous. That's fair. Um, it is. It is. And I'm not saying we should champion super skinny either. Fuck. No. Um, but I am saying that, like, you need to recognize that there's downsides and you have to talk about them and you have to be okay about that. Yeah. But, yeah, representation is the fucking best. Like, I love that big girl fucking uh, – that's a thick mannequin. It's a thick <laughs> mannequin. Two Cs. Two Cs. And that's great. Yeah. Um, cause they, they, we all work out. We all should work out. We should all feel encouraged. We should all feel resentment in that. That's true. Um, I say as a white guy, sorry. Did losing the weight for you make you more confident? Uh, I don't know yet. I think things get easier. I was easier. just curious. I think things get easier I think when you're confidence pretty. is such an interesting thing where I've always thought so much of my confidence comes from how I look. And I start realizing, like, oh, my God, there's no, there's so much that goes into it. Con- confidence. Like, so much that goes into confidence it. Confidence is a complex beast. Okay? So it complex. It is your height, your weight, your intelligence, your job, your all the factors that make you you. Your damage yeah. and your positivity, too. I, I feel good about some of my damage. There's things I can handle. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. But there's a few things that, yeah, make you more confident. I will also say that wor- the world is easier if you're pretty. Yeah. It is. It just is is it is people yeah. will talk to you people will smile more good looking people make more money tall people make more money like there is a direct correlation to those things and if you want those advantages some people are blessed with them some people are not some people work some for people it. work for yeah exactly there's a reason you contour <laughs> come at me come at me also a great title <laughs> No, Don't think true. you're buff because you're wearing contour, but I'm still going to appreciate Contour makes you look skinnier. Yeah. I used to subscribe to a uh, a makeup enthusiast subreddit so I know I would know what women yes. were trying to achieve with their makeup so I could compliment the feature, not the makeup. Because I I'm a sociopath. That. No, you're just um, – you're – what's the word? Thoughtful? <laughs> I think it's thoughtful. I want to know why you worked so hard and what it did. And if it did it, good job. 
In closing out this episode, would you be brave enough to name... We keep talking about our damages and stuff. Would you be confident to name yours? God, no. That's my business. Ah, none? None. I've got huge issues. You want them? Go listen to the other episodes. They're oh, in that's there. true. <laughs> but... But, like, I guess, I guess what I'm asking is... a better is, question. What am I working on right now? Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, is there anything... That you think you've, and I think we've talked about this before, actually, now that I'm realizing it, um, seen as what one might think as an issue that you've just been like, no, this is just part of who I am. Caffeine and nicotine consumption. Yeah. You're just always going to. I I, yeah. I will probably quit nicotine again. Um, it serves a purpose right now. It's an appetite suppressant. So oh, you're coffee. back smoking? No. Jewel. How um, long have you not been smoking? Uh, I haven't had a cigarette in a while, but I have nicotine. Right. Um, and I love nicotine. Yeah. Uh, it's a short-term memory increaser. It uh, encourages feelings of euphoria. It is an appetite suppressant. It is, like, something that keeps you awake. I enjoy it. Um, I recognize there's health issues, and so I'll probably stop someday, but I'm probably not going to stop in a diet. Is the Juuline better, though? Way better. Yeah. Way better. No, we don't know what the downside is, so... Mm. Okay, that's up in the air, but I can tell you that I can smoke two jewel pods a day if I really wanted to, and I can still go up a flight of stairs. Not true on two packs. Right. There are significant – the only problem is this is way more addictive because there's less immediate downsides. Right. Right? Like you stop yeah, yeah, smoking yeah, yeah. because you'll cough. Or you'll get There is wind. no – there is very little cough with this. Okay. Yeah, you'll get winded. You'll notice that you smell. Yeah. That doesn't exist with Jewel, so there's less things deterring you from doing it. Right. Um, so I'll work on that. Uh, and, and no desire to date. You're just going to stay the course. I'm good. Yeah. I mean, I've got no problem with it. If I met somebody tomorrow and it, it kicked off, yeah, yeah. sure. I'll, I'll still see people I like. I'll still flirt. I'll still date. I'll still have sex. But, like, I don't. Act, I'm not actively engaging in it. Like, the most I'll do is swipe on Tinder. And if I don't th- see anything I like. Oh, you're on the Tinders. Yeah. If I don't see anything I like, I yeah. don't care. I, mean, I recently got, like, someone on Instagram, like, called me out, like, because I posted a screenshot of a profile. And, um, and there, and he said something like, oh, I haven't seen you on there. And I was like, no, honestly, like, I go through phases with it where I'll, I'll spend a couple days on it. And then I literally won't be on the app for another yeah, three weeks. That's and, he, your... and he's like, oh, no, that's what they we all say. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, I, I don't consistently yeah, it's use it. it's what we all say because we're all doing it. Yeah. I don't consistently use the app. The people who every day are on it consistently, I, I just don't. That's not me. Yeah. It's not well, it, my priority. It also it, it it has created a culture of foodie calls, the new booty call, foodie call. Oh, Spray. girls going on dates yep. for free meals. Yep. Yeah, that's well, when a guy did it. He got jail time. Uh, there's more to that story, but fuck you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like there are girls that like I've I've known girls that have guys marked in their phone as uh, free dinner. Oh yeah, and it's like we all do it. But isn't it more likely now with dating, and I don't know because I don't date a lot, but isn't it more likely now that people split bills? Isn't that more of a norm now? Uh, or is that not really, I don't really know. Uh, when, when the fuck was the last date I went on? Uh, I pay always. Yeah. I, that's how I was raised. And also I have money. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I pay always. So do you know when you're the free meal or when you're the. Do I know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't go to the fucking date. Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a, there's a, that, that's also like, that goes to like, to like friend zone shit too. Like, there's a lot of guys oh. that are bitching about that. And it's like, yeah, but like, it's not really a date. 
But then again, there's a lot of girls that know that the guy is thinking it's a date and still doesn't do anything to change the pattern, right? Like you let you know the guy thinks. You know what's a simple solution to this? Clarify if it's a date or not. Like yeah. literally ask. <laughs> yeah, but also like but people, we're, we're free to. Ask. We don't like that. Yeah. People don't like. The same is like, yeah, consent is amazing, but like nothing kills a mood more than can I kiss you? Yeah, no, it's true. And it's like, and that's coming from all the girls I know that have said that to me. It's like, I have asked that and they're like, ah, it kind of ruins the mood. And I'm just like, yes, <laughs> it does. Thank you. But yes, sometimes for certain acts, absolutely you need it. But like, there is a line to which we want things unspoken and a line which we want them completely spoken. Yeah. Um, and we all do our job to blur that. Yeah. Uh, but like, no, not right now. I'm, I'm mostly fine with myself. Good. I'm not doing anything stupid that I don't, I shouldn't do. Like, I'm not drinking. I'm not. And you've been off the booze for a while. Hey, there's relapses, but like, if but you've I, been pretty good if, at if it. I look at like, there's a lot of, of thinking in like, in AA and, and programs like that. Like, it's, it's a 100% absolution and you only count the, the, the like consistent time. Um, if you do that, it's way more demoralizing because it, it acts like drunk time negates and removes all sober time. Like I know people that feel bad because they drank once in a year and that's a huge failure. And it is a failure in sobriety, but you were sober 364 days. Yeah, seriously days. though. Yeah, yeah. As long for as you real. didn't do anything horrible, you kind of get a pass from me and it's like I think you should count yeah like all of it um yeah we're, we're like but yeah no are way too hard on themselves. if you do the math like i've been sober for a very long time now Good um on, yeah. there yeah. have been absolute relapses there have been shitty things done but yeah. generally speaking that's it. apparently everyone i know because it's funny because you think no one does it this bad and then you've actually talked to all your friends and yeah your friends are shitty your friends yeah. have all done something horrible oh yeah we're all let terrible. that sink in we're everyone's horrible we're some all... people are more horrible than others yeah but Everybody Most. knows someone that probably shouldn't be drinking anymore. It's true. Yeah. No, um, no. Other than that, it's just weight loss and not eating shitty and staying motivated. And Are you having fun and... in life? Are you having any fun? I love what I do. I love my life. Yeah. That's um, good. I deal with awesome clients that I love. I make a good pay. I get to work out when I want. I watch what I want. I see friends when I want. I go out to dinner with people when I want. Um, I don't have anyone particularly held up special other than others but that doesn't really matter to me because there's just a lot going on that's fun um i will never agree with the whole like philosophy of guys going their own way like migtow or whatever on the internet or any of that where it's like oh women are bad we don't date them it's horrible male isolation it's like no that's not what this is i just don't care right now yeah like someone made a comment to me the other day i hope you're not an incel and i was just like it's really hard to be an incel when you love people like <laughs> all people like i don't yeah. care if you're male or female you're gonna be great let's hang out let's go have dinner let's go get a coffee yeah. let's do whatever fun activity there is i'm not gonna isolate people out of my life because they have a gender or they're different from me or they're the same yeah. as me like that's stupid but I will admit that for certain categories, I'm just not looking and there's like application boxes and open. Um, the application box exists. And if you can talk me into it, sure. But um, yeah, not- Or if it seems like a truly good fit. Mm-hmm. But for now, it's like I'm not looking for it. My life's fucking awesome. Fuck yeah, man. Dang, dang. Bye, well, that's, that's a good note to end it on. Thank you so much, Finley, for coming on. I really super appreciate it because I was in kind of in the shitter this weekend for an episode. And, it's all good. And we, we, you wanted to do one anyway. We were going to eventually. Yeah. So I'm glad it happened. Yeah. It's always nice catching up with you. you this, I, how many did we have? We counted how like many Like six episodes? or seven. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I honestly think you should regular. take the really long ones and you should cut them into two and use them as placeholder episodes. 
Oh, I could, I could probably do that. Maybe. Excess content. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Ways to ways to always looking out for me. Yeah. Um. But thanks so much, Renly. And you've done it a couple times tonight. And you get to end the episode with a bell ring. This is why I'm going to make you a soundboard. Yes, we need a soundboard. 